Previously on Jay and Mitchell's The OC Podcast. This week's Jay and Mitchell's The OC Podcast shitless band is Puddle of Mud. I thought we were just joking. It's like, yeah, real funny. Why don't you come down here and tell me another one? This always happens. Every <laughs> restaurant that I get close to, they hate me. And then the cab driver's just like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> like, I got places to be. The meter's running. Let's go. Your friend Jimmy Cooper, man. It's time for Jay and Mitchell's The OC Podcast. Give me an O. O. Give me a C. C. What's that spell? Ock. <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah, dude, you nailed it. Awesome. <laughs> welcome welcome to Jay and Mitchell's The Ock Podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, back at last. Yes, welcome everyone. We're so glad you tuned in. It's Jay and Mitchell's The OC Podcast. We're just, you know, just we're just being silly. We're 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 a couple of silly gooses and um and yeah, this is our podcast where we are rewatching the OC and we're going to great lengths to dissect each and every moment of it and and somehow find a deeper meaning um both in the show and in ourselves. Um and that's, you know, I don't know if we've done that yet, but we're trying. I am Jay Howell. Uh I'm I'm one of the hosts. And uh, there's another host, and his name is Mitchell Hardage. Hey, that's me. Um, this I got. You know, we'll talk about it right here up top. This is our first podcast uh, that we've done since the election results, and uh, that's part of the reason that we're in such good moods right now, right, Mitchell? Feeling optimistic about the future, but try not to get my hopes up because 2020 has proven that doing that is a terrible idea. <laughs> Well, even like yesterday, just the dynamic of everyone being really happy. And then today, like the first text I got was like, Alex Trebek died. I'm just like, fuck, we couldn't even have like a day where yeah. we were happy. I guess we had a day, but then it was just back to the the sludge and the and the and the sadness. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. I, I I've had this thing like maybe my entire adult life where Whenever something's going good, maybe you can relate to this. Or like I start to feel happy about something like, hey, everything's all right. I have this like impending sense of dread and like guilt. Like, wait a second. I shouldn't be feeling happy ever. <laughs> like, what is going on? Nothing nothing good ever works out. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, yeah, I think that's reasonable. Is that why I, whenever I say, like, happy birthday, Mitchell, you go, eh, we'll see. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ever the pessimist. <laughs> uh, but no, no, it was a, a huge wave of relief to hear that Biden was re- elected uh, for me. And I just like, because like, we've been taking the pandemic very seriously. Now, I know a lot of people haven't. A lot of people have gone out. And done things, but 
I know you and I and like my wife, Ashley, you know her, uh, <laughs> and our dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've been um we've been locking down pretty hardcore and it's all felt very hopeless with Trump in office because he's not doing anything about it. Right. He is roundly rejecting science and doctors and he's, there's no, you just feel helpless. And um, for Biden to just like come out like during his acceptance speech and say like, Hey, we're assembling a team on Monday. I'm going to let you know who it is. They're a bunch of like, like world renowned scientists that Trump fired because they didn't do what he wanted. And I'm just like, oh, thank <laughs> God, dude. Like, we've been doing this shit for nearly a year at this point. And right. I would love it if, because you feel like you're on an island. You feel like you're you're alone when you are, like, when you're this deep into the pandemic and you're still quarantining, you're still doing what you're supposed to be doing, but everybody's, like, posting on Instagram, going places, doing shit. Um you you just you you start to feel like am i the crazy person am i like being overly cautious the answer is no <laughs> the, the truth is right. we've had like record shattering days of new cases like 3 days in a row now and we're recording this in, in november obviously like biden was uh announced the president elect last night so little peek behind the curtain as to how far in advance these episodes come out but yeah it's it's just nice to know that like necessary precautions will be taken and that hopefully like medical people in the medical field will be getting all the resources that they need and that you know just like we'll actually like start to put a lid on it as opposed to just pretending that it doesn't exist while hundreds of thousands of Americans die <laughs> Yeah, that that has not worked yet. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad we're 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 gonna try something new now. Uh, <laughs> something that feels a little more um, oh, smarter, I guess, a smarter approach. I would hope so. Um, speaking of trying new things, this was has been Jay Ed Mitchell's politics corner. Um, <laughs> I know you. That's why in. you came on here, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, you hit play on that podcast button podcast button spotify whatever whatever you're listening to it on i know you hit play because you wanted to hear our opinions about the political climate in america (laughs) and not about a show that came out 15 years ago yeah well what do a couple college dropouts have to have to say about the the political climate right now a couple Um, of white men in their 30s (laughs) an opinion that Yeah, everybody wants to hear. Um, But no, that's just, you know, it's on everybody's mind right now, so. It's hard not to talk about it. It's hard not to talk about it. It's also, like, the only thing I really can talk about besides the OC, because, like, like I said, literally haven't done anything in eight months. Like, yeah. So, here we are. (laughs) (laughs) But let's get off that soapbox and on to another soapbox where I could just talk mad shit about Oliver Trask. Oh boy, you guys. This is this is we are we are neck deep in the in the Oliver saga. This is like the penultimate episode. This so is the uh you- yeah, the the uh Empire Strikes Back uh as it were in the Oliver saga. Right. Um, we do find out that Oliver is Ryan's father, 
which is uh, surprising. Did not see that coming at all. I mean, he does have kind of that like 13 or 30 look about him. (laughs) He dresses like an old man, but all of his jackets are really big. Yeah, it's like he he looks like Tom Hanks. Well, I guess it's not Tom Hanks, but it's the boy version of Tom Hanks at the end of Big, where he mm-hmm. turns back into a child and he's wearing grown-up clothing. That's Oliver Tom, Trask. Yeah, Tommy Hanks, little Tommy. Um, <laughs> yeah, sh- you want you ready to dive in? Do you want to talk yeah, more about COVID? <laughs> no, it's it's uh yeah, it's still happening, but this uh this is what we're doing to take our minds off of it. Um so uh you will hear no more of the C word um for I can't even promise that it might come up again, who knows? But <laughs> we're going to try not to talk about it for the next however long we're going to talk about this episode. There's a pretty good chance we will say the other C word though. Calculus. Chrismica. Ca- California. Uh, Cohen. Definitely going to say it. Cooper. Oh, my God. There's so many C words in the OC. Of- <gasps> 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 now that I think about it, every word they say either starts with an O or a C. This <laughs> was really hard to write these scripts. <laughs> Oliver. <gasps> oh, my God, dude. Blowing my mind. Um, so yeah this is season one episode 17 name of this episode is the rivals which i actually came up with a better name for it we'll get to it later but i came up with a better name for this episode considering that they are following the trend of doing the blank for every episode Mm -hmm. title i got a good one we'll get to it uh this one was directed by ian toynton toynton that's a fun last name. Uh, he's a TV director. <laughs> he's directed uh, like pretty much a, a lot of the first season of 24 with Kiefer Sutherland. Remember that show? That was also on Fox, right? Ah, he's a Fox guy. Yeah. Also Porton. Bones. Porton's a Fox guy. Porton. Bones? I think Bones is also a Fox show. He's in there with Fox. Um, he also directed... Episode three of this season of the OC, The Gamble, the one where Ryan's mom comes back and it's casino night. I think we loved that episode. It's a great episode. Yeah. Toynton knocking him out of the park. And His uh, name is familiar. Never said out loud, but I, I see his name a lot. I think he maybe gets like some producer credits too on certain episodes. Yes. Um, yeah, he also has directed a bunch of episodes that are after this one so like season two season three uh an oc fave and josh schwartz wrote this one all by himself no assistant writer no uh co-writer all joshy schwartz on this one joshy schwartzy he said give me the ball i'm taking it to the hole there's a there's a couple schwartzings in this episode there is yeah i i wrote I wrote down at least one. If you caught another one, please do call him out. Well, also, I'm not entirely sure what the parameters of Schwartzing are, so I can make some arguments, and maybe yeah. we can decide whether or not uh, it, it fits the definition or not. The definition of this thing that we made up. I, yeah, I would say, I'm trying to like, yeah, kind of like... uh 
put a definition on it. So I would say our definition of Schwartzing is like when a scene ends with a character saying a line and then the next scene starts with another character saying like almost the exact same line or mm-hmm. like the opposite of the line or like answering the question that was posed at the end of the previous scene. It's kind of a yes. call and response. Uh, but it's done through like a jump cut from scene to scene. <sighs> That's kind of long-winded. We'll parse it down. Don't worry, folks. And we'll put it on our wiki. <laughs> 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 so that you know exactly what we're talking about. We have oh. a team. We have a team of people that, that can do that, I'm sure. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally got it. Oh, team. Mitchell, yep. how tall is Lynn Manuel Miranda? Okay, I'll put the drop there. Um Lynn Manuel Miranda, five foot nine. Boom! Nailed it. That was a speed round. <laughs> speed round. <laughs> I was sweating, but uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm feeling like a little extra patriotic today, so I'm I'm happy to answer that one. Hell yeah! Uh, all right, let's get into it. We start as we always do with a previously on, and we pretty much recap the whole Oliver saga. He's obsessive. He's unstable. Ryan doesn't like him, but Marissa still does for some reason. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, it kind of gets into Oliver, like, obviously faking his suicide attempt in the last episode, The Lynx. And because um, it shows him, like, dancing around to Tom Jones and putting the pills in the little, like, cup thing um and he does that just to get marissa to come to his aid because he's stalking her we see a little bit of sandy and jimmy going into biz together trying to buy the lighthouse their favorite restaurant and then we see um summers uh kind of sub subtly sabotaging seth and anna's relationship while they're at palm springs Mm -hmm. so we see her being jealous of seth and anna being together that's all setting up for how the events of this episode will play out. And then we open at the Harbor School. We agreed to just call it Harbor School, right? That's what they call it. And it always makes me think that you go there if you want to run a harbor. It's like a trade school. Right. I it's go like, to look, farming you, school. <laughs> I go to Harbor School. <laughs> you all clearly want your own marina. Uh, so you came to the right place. Uh, you got, you'll, you'll take many classes in, uh, docking, uh, Uh-oh. rope, t- <laughs> rope tying, not that docking. Um, ah, that's a different school. <laughs> um, this is where I don't know anything else about boats. Um, uh, uh, maritime law, maritime law is a big one. Uh, yeah. What? Harbor school, you know, Harbor school. Yeah. If you, if you <laughs> went to Harbor school, you would know more about what's taught at harbor school but we went yeah, to if you, we went to land school <laughs> ugh, yeah sucks nowhere near the up. ocean nope uh we would i guess if if you if you call school like what you learn at school while you're in school we went to like weed and comic book school <laughs> i think that's pretty accurate hell yeah uh registration is open uh we majored in marvel and dank nugs <laughs> so 
We're at the Harbor School. It's morning. Ryan is confiding in Seth about his troubles with Marissa because of Oliver, obviously. Um, Seth kind of hears him out, which I thought was nice. Like he's actually not talking about himself for a change. Um, Seth suggests to make peace with Oliver. He says, embrace the friend, which is a, a theme, a motif throughout this episode. Um, how do you feel about this advice, Jay, <laughs> from Seth? I mean, it's it's uh, it's kind of the it's the thing that like all of these all of our uh, the main characters other than Ryan, how infuriating it is that they are totally cool with Oliver. Like even especially Seth, like obviously Ryan is careful with how he chooses his words around Marissa when he's talking about Oliver. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would, I don't know, you would, you would kind of, there's, there's part of you that's always like Seth is your, you guys are brothers. So Seth needs to be on your side, no matter what, like he needs to have your back. But you also kind of, if knowing what, knowing what Seth knows about Oliver, like from what he's seen personally, and then what Ryan's telling him, it seems like he's trying to figure out, you know, what's what's real and what might be being exaggerated, which yeah. is nothing. Like Ryan is pretty much spot on with all of it, and so yeah. So there's there's a lot of Seth like giving advice, but also being like, I don't know, maybe he's okay. And we as an audience at this point are like, no, dude. You're fucking wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I tried it. Yeah. I tried to think of it from like Seth's perspective and it's like, well, like what's his like interaction with Oliver been like? And it's like, he's seen that he like lives in a penthouse and they ordered Moroccan food. Uh, it's he got Moroccan. him into Rooney, got him backstage at Rooney, Rooney rock and roll show, which was pretty cool. But he also went to jail for trying to buy coke from an undercover cop. Oliver did, uh, so that's a ding. And then the Palm Springs trip was like, it was like they went and they got there, and then they played like one hole of golf, and then Oliver and Ryan got into like a fight, and Oliver left and went back to Newport. And like, from what Seth knows, attempted suicide. And then everybody had to like leave the, like in the middle of the night, like leave the Palm Springs house and and drive back home after Luke drank like 40 beers, which is dangerous. And so I'm just thinking like all that. Which is still weird to me that they left. Like, why not just leave in the morning? Like, yeah, why couldn't you just? It's not like a hotel where they had to like check out. Like, that was his parents' house, right? Exactly, and they weren't there. They're nowhere to be seen. They're stuck in Zurich. So yeah, I'm just considering all that from Seth's perspective. It's like, I guess you could be like, okay, he's kind of troubled, but I don't know. Marissa likes him, so maybe he's not that bad of a guy i don't know i'm also thinking like when you're in high school you just kind of like don't know how to deal with a lot of stuff and so you just let shit slide and you're just like it's cool dude which i think maybe what seth is doing here but there's also um and seth says it i think he says it in this scene but also marissa says it a lot of a lot of uh it's it's happened multiple times during the oliver saga is people 
compare Oliver to Ryan as yes. like, oh, like an outsider, you know, who's got a troubled past. Like, doesn't right. that sound familiar? And it's like, no, this is different. It's like if you generalize enough, then you can compare any two people. And you'd be like, Look, <laughs> he's just like you. Like, he's uh, like, y- you know, uh, fucking Nelson Mandela and Jay Howell. They're just like pretty much the same guy. Like, they're both people. <laughs> They both speak English. Same guy. <laughs> Basically identical twins. Yeah. It's just, uh, you're right. Yeah. Like it's, they keep trying to use that as ammo against Ryan, but it's like, it's kind of a moot point because they're entirely different. Their motivations are different. Like Ryan has like a troubled past, but he's like, working on being better he's a good person he's like always trying to help people and stuff oliver troubled past but he's just trying to fuck shit up like he's just an agent of chaos trying to sabotage like ryan and marissa's relationship the whole time right anyway so then (laughs) seth admits that he and anna are very similar which is we've said before, it's, she's like the female version of Seth, and it's boring because like they can like read each other's minds and they always want to do the same things. And it, he's like, he's like, am I dating the female version of me? And Ryan's like, that's gross. I don't want to think about that. But I'm saying, yes, you are. You very much are. And I wonder if it's like a Josh Schwartz thing where he's like, he's like, ah, oh, shit. Like these characters are too similar. Like I have to make that I have to make that part of the conflict now. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, well, in this episode, they fully embrace that. Like they're dressed the same every yes. scene. Like, yes. They- <laughs> and the, and yeah, because Seth is aware of it now, it's like really bothering him, and he's like going out of his way to try and like do different things and be different because. It's it's freaking him out that they're so similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Ryan spots Marissa and he takes off after her to, you know, embrace the friend. So then we cut over to the hallway. Ryan catches up to Marissa and asks about Oliver because he just, you know, attempted suicide in the last episode. But not really. He faked it. Um, Marissa says that he feels embarrassed, you know, which he doesn't. Uh, Ryan says that he's sorry and that he wants to try and be friends with Oliver. And Marissa's like, cool. And then they start making out. And then (laughs) a teacher pops out of the doorway. And they quickly and like awkwardly stop making out, which is like too real. I was like, this is too real Mm -hmm. for high school. Like the teacher popping out, just be like, but the Uh, teacher didn't like. It wasn't like, hey. Didn't say like, hey, no no kissing in the hallway or anything. He's just no. like, oh, hi, Ryan and Marissa. That's <laughs> what you up. guys do. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> Take your, You want me to turn around? I'll turn around. You are in the middle <laughs> cool of a, a hallway, an active hallway full of kids. So I guess <laughs> you don't really mind that much about people looking at you making out. Um, so, yeah, teacher pops out and he goes, oh, Ryan and Marissa, we have a new transfer student. He says you're all friends. And then out struts fucking Oliver. Like he was being called up to the podium. He's just fucking 
walking out there in his oversized blazer and his like five shirts. You see, he had like five shirts on. They're all collared shirts, and he was wearing all- five of them. <laughs> Yeah, I noticed, uh, yeah, there's like a button-up shirt underneath a button-up shirt. Never um, a good look. No, you don't need that. Too many shirts. And then you're wearing the blazer. You're also in Southern California. You're sweating. You think- it's like a wool jacket he's wearing. <laughs> can you can you imagine how big the jacket would be, though, if he didn't have all those layers of shirts on? Like, it would be that much bigger. Dude, I'm just now thinking, because he's like a rich kid, but you never see his parents. And I'm thinking, like, why doesn't Mm -hmm. he just have clothes that fit him? Now I figured it out. He murdered his parents, and he's just wearing his dad's clothes. (laughs) This checks out. The show could have gone in this direction, um, but then it would probably be a couple more episodes worth of Oliver's stuff. And I don't want that. Yeah, thank God it didn't. Um so yeah, Ryan's like, oh shit, and Marissa's like, oh yay, <laughs> my friend. Well, Marissa's kind of like, like surprised, like, but kind of smiley, but then we find out that she knew this already. Like, Yes. In the yes. next scene, he's, he's like, uh, he's like, I can't believe you didn't tell anybody. Yeah, we'll, we'll jump, we'll jump ahead a little bit so yeah then we go to credits then we come back and we're in the halls of harbor um wait mitchell real fast i Mm -hmm. was thinking about this when i was watching this episode do you ever fast forward through the opening credits or do you do you listen to listen to the phantom planet song every time i usually will like actually i did fast forward it because i noticed when you hit the jump ahead 30 seconds as soon as the credits start it ends right when the credits end and i'm like oh that's perfect so I can just hit that button once and I'm I'm through the credits. And you're good. You listen to it every time? Every single time. Every time. It's so much louder. And it's not that I'm embarrassed to watch this show, but I do watch it a lot. <laughs> and I often watch it in a separate room from Ashley. And so I know if she hears the theme song, she's going to be like, oh, he's watching the OC again. <laughs> not again. Well, she has no idea that you do this podcast, right? This You're keeping all no of this idea. a secret. Yeah, yeah. She thinks that I'm working on music right now. She's like, that's fine. I I listen to the song every time, and I don't even really notice that I... Because so many other shows, most of the... If I'm, like, binge-watching a show, like, at a certain point, you just fast-forward to the opening credits. To me, this song is like a character in the show. You know what I mean? Yeah, like just like (laughs) New York is a character in (laughs) movies that take place in New York. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, it's it will forever be associated with this show in my mind. That song, yeah, Uh, because it is it is like the perfect marriage of theme song and show. What's another show where you you never skip through the opening credits? Mm, I would say Breaking Bad, but it's just because it's so short. It's just that like yeah. boom, boom, boom. Oh yeah, they did it right. They knew people no, would the, be binging like, it. Like HBO shows are notoriously like like the Sopranos opening credits are like 15 minutes long. So <laughs> yeah. I just yeah, I was thinking Game of Thrones show. is also mm-hmm. like five minutes and it kind of 
shows you all the map places and doesn't really matter because I'm never going to watch it again. <laughs> I did a rewatch. Yeah? Do you do all of it? Uh, I think I didn't watch the last like three episodes. I really? Like, all right, I got, yeah. That's where you cut it off? I like. I, mean, I am a little curious though. Going back t- into that show, like noticing at what at what point does it start to suck? Because I was kind of feel. I want to say I was kind of feeling it like a season or two before the last season. I was just like, it was starting to get predictable. Like when you think about like the red wedding, you're like, oh fuck! Like nobody saw that coming, and it mm-hmm. just like punches you in the gut. And then like maybe around like season six or seven. It's like they're all trapped on the the ice and the the White Walkers are surrounding them. And they're like, oh, no, what's going to happen? I'm like, Daenerys is going to fly in with her dragons. Like, (laughs) she's going to swoop in and save them. Like, it got it became predictable. And I was just like, oh, no, like, how did the show become predictable? (laughs) And I was like, Mm. oh, it's not really that much fun anymore. But um, that's for that's our other podcast. We'll get into that on Jay Mitchell's Mm. the Game of Thrones podcast. (laughs) Yep. Um, so yeah, we're back in the halls after hearing the song for the 17th time. Uh, Anna and Seth are trying to figure out what to do later. Anna suggests a bunch of typical ass activities for them. Let's go buy comics. Let's play Jenga. Really? Jenga? That's like your game? Their love of Jenga makes zero sense to me. Nobody loves Jenga. No, not like that. Like, Even when, uh, when, when we, you know, you could go to like breweries and stuff, and they're like, we have giant Jenga, and mm-hmm. it was like, you know, like the four foot tall. Yeah, the like Even two that, by fours. After like. Yeah, even after like a game of that, I'm like, all right, I did that. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, the only reason to play Jenga is to watch the tower fall down, and if you're playing giant Jenga on the patio of a pub. Then, like, you turn a bunch of heads when the tower falls down. You go, ah, everybody's like, ah, and then you're like, okay, I, we don't need to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Let's go loud. watch the game. Um, although, man, I miss, I miss bars so much that uh, I, would, I would play 10 games of Giant Jenga if it meant I could <laughs> safely drink at a, at a bar. Um, yeah, like I'm sure, I'm pretty sure we could come up with like a better board game for to be their board game that they play yeah. right now. Like they could be into chess. Chess is a little too nerdy for them though. Um, what's another good? It's got to be kind of vintage, fun, but accessible. Um, not Monopoly, too capitalistic. Risk. Risk would be really good if they played like fucking eight hour games of Risk, just the two of them. Uh, we just got the Crokinole board. I feel like that would be a oh, good yeah. one because they're rich, so they could afford it. Not saying that we're rich, but we just like have made some frivolous purchases in the pandemic. Okay, I'll say it because <laughs> we're not spending money on anything. What um, letter does? What this is important for the show. What letter does Crokinole start with? Is that a K or a C? Big C, baby. Ooh, okay, it's in the show. It's it in works. the show. 
Yeah, yeah. It's for those who don't know, it's a Canadian game where the board is the expensive thing. It's like it's like wooden, it's big circle, it's got like little rubber stoppers in it, and you flick pucks and you like knock them into your opponents, and then the it kind of tallies like uh cornhole or something like that where you cancel each other's points out, you try to get to a hundred. Really fun game. Um not known very well. Good two player game. Like Ashley and I have been playing a lot. And I feel like it's just obscure enough that like Jenga's like everybody knows Jenga. You know, yeah. you think they would go for a more indie sort of board game, like Carom or something. It's, it's a weird it's a weird uh thing that they bring up too often. I'm, yeah. I'm not a not a huge fan of it. Yeah, I think it's one of those things they wrote in as kind of like, oh like like just kind of like off the cuff, like, and he's playing Jenga. I don't know. And then Anna comes <laughs> in, and she, uh, or like the set deck was like, well, we got Jenga here, and we can just bring that in. And then they started being like, okay, so this is their thing. They play Jenga, I guess. I don't know. But uh, anyway, moving on from Jenga. Um, so Seth, Anna's listing all these things. Let's do this, this, this typical bullshit. Seth, in an effort to step out of the comfort zone. Suggest that they do weird shit, like get enroll in Krav Maga, which is it's like some sort of self defense. Yeah, that was a, maybe popular like a, around the time. I think so. I I thought it was. I thought he was saying it wrong because I feel like I've heard it like Krav Maga. Oh, but, I see. But it also doesn't matter. It's not important. But it right. was like a like a weird thing that he brought. He's just, he's just throwing out he's ideas. Riffing. Of, he's riffing yeah. ideas. Um, and at first, and she's like into trying new stuff, which at yeah. first I was like, that's really great that she's like, wants this relationship to work. So she's like, yeah, we can, we can try new things. But then also I remembered in the early, in the, in the previous scene where it's Seth is like, we never fight. We agree on everything. So I was like, Oh, she's just agreeing there you go. to do new things. So, yep. Uh, in this scene, I noticed Anna's dialogue was like terribly ADR'd. Did you notice that at all? It might have just been because I was wearing headphones. But like, I think her, a, little, a few times I did notice. Yeah, it was really distracting. Either she was bad at it, or or uh, Seth was very good at it because like I didn't notice it with him. It was just with her. Maybe she was like her 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 love mic was rustling up against her like fucking argyle sweater or whatever she was wearing <laughs> um whatever so, they were both wearing yeah so then oliver and the gang show up and uh seth and anna are also surprised to hear that he goes to harbor school and oliver says to marissa this is where it is he says you didn't tell anybody that i was gonna enroll here and marissa says i didn't think you were serious and then ryan gives a look like oh so like you guys hang out all the time and talk about stuff and I don't know about anything. And yeah, Marissa didn't tell me this and she's my girlfriend, whatever. Um, So Oliver and Marissa have like the exact same schedules. How weird is that? How unplanned was that? Yeah, it's, I hate all of this. I hate him so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, obviously you're stalking her. Obviously... You wanted to take all the classes that she's taking. And here we are. 
And and we'll get into it later, but he's supposed to be a year older. Yeah. We'll get into it cuz I got I got some I got some bones to pick with that. Uh, I got some bones to, to pick not, with what? I'm starting to not trust this guy. Oh. Right now. Finally. In this <laughs> <laughs> I got some bones to pick with Dr. Kim especially in this episode. So, mm-hmm. all right. Marissa and Oliver split. They go to do their first class or whatever. Anna goes ahead um, to get tuna melts because it's tuna melt Tuesday or whatever. And that's what she and Seth always get. Even though this Seth's was uh, a very uh, dumb and very cute thing where she goes, it's tuna melt Monday and we love tuna melts. Like the way yeah. she said, I was just like, oh, this is so adorable that it's stupid. But, uh, but then I started thinking. Have you ever had a tuna melt before? No. Me neither. It sounds awful. It's like hot. It's like you take a tuna. I imagine it's like a tuna salad sandwich, but then you press it like a like a grilled cheese or something. Yeah. I don't like fish and cheese touching each other. I don't I don't know if I've ever had an instance where uh, fish has been improved by cheese. Doesn't work I don't, for me. I don't like the idea of cold uh tuna salad being in between two hot pieces of bread you know what i mean Mm-mm. Mm-mm. no thank you yucky but hey i'm sure at harbor school they are badass because in this episode you realize like how what an incredible selection of food and drinks they have at the school <laughs> yeah. i noticed Wolf- it for the first time in this episode and i was like what the fuck is this gourmet like <laughs> five-star restaurant michelin star restaurant they have at the school yeah wolfgang puck is the is the lunch lady there (laughs) um so yeah uh anna splits and so it's just like ryan and seth and ryan's kind of like what the hell is this shit with oliver showing up and seth's like embrace the friend i'm sure there's a perfectly good explanation um and uh, i don't know I feel like every time somebody says that there is a perfectly good explanation for something, there isn't. Or the perfectly good explanation is what we've all been thinking, which is Oliver is stalking Marissa. And now he's right. being like very, very obvious about it. He's being like, he's not, he's not hiding outside the window while they're all hanging out anymore. He's like straight up just being like, I'm coming to your school and I'm taking all the same classes as her and I'm going to try to hang out with her every day. Like, whoa, it's bad. He also, he gets to do all this shit because all of these kids are really dumb in this instance. Like, they're not dumb in the rest of the show. I mean, they they have their faults and, and things that they overlook. But it's like, he's got them all convinced. And it's just, I don't know. It feels, it's another frustrating thing about this is like, nobody except Luke Luke and Ryan are the only ones who think what he's doing is weird and suspicious. And I think, yeah, that is my biggest problem with it. It's like, it's like Ryan's gaslighting or Oliver's gaslighting Ryan and everybody else is playing along with it, like helping Oliver (laughs) gaslight Ryan. So Ryan's over here just like, am I going crazy? It's like, no, you're the only sane one here it's like a twilight zone episode or something it's like Uh, in cartoons where like the 
you can tell the certain characters are hypnotized because like their eyes are doing like the, the spinny thing. Yeah, the spiral it's spinny like, thing. Yeah, it's like all these guys have spinny spinny eyes. Exactly. <laughs> They've all been brainwashed. Um, so then we cut over to Sandy's home office, which I think we're seeing for the first time here. It's really nice. This might be the first time. Yeah. We see it a couple times, but yeah. Nice office. It's, they got a fucking mansion. I bet he has I two offices. <laughs> but you never see any of the other rooms. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's nice yeah. to see another room in the house. They're like, oh, yeah, of course he has his home office and it's badass. Um, So uh, Sandy's getting off the phone with somebody about some cases uh, or whatever. I guess he's working from home. Uh, Jimmy shows up and Sandy compares himself to Judge Judy when he gets off the phone. And Jimmy says, you know, she's tough but fair. And then he goes, I watch a lot of daytime TV. And I'm like, we get it, Jimmy. You're pathetic. <laughs> like, this guy has literally done nothing for close to a year now. Like, they're well into the second semester of school. Yeah. Um, he, tr- he tried to get that one job at that other restaurant. <laughs> yep. That's all that he has done. Um, so Sandy says that they're getting lunch at the Lighthouse. And Jimmy says, but Sandy... The lighthouse is closed forever because they, you know, it's where they got drunk on martinis the last up. And Sandy says, they're opening it up so that we can take a look at it. And Jimmy's like, what? No, we were drunk. We were, there was singing involved. And Sandy's like, you alienated a lot of waitresses. And Jimmy says, that one liked me. And I'm like, oh shit, Jimmy, your toxic masculinity is showing. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, I don't want to think about Jimmy when he's drunk. He's probably a terrible drunk to be around. And he's like making making servers feel uncomfortable. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yuck. Sandy, steer clear. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't. Um, so yeah, Sandy's like, we're going to go look at this restaurant that we got drunk and decided to buy. And Jimmy's like very reluctant uh, but Sandy convinces him to come along uh, for the lighthouse ride. Jimmy Jimmy is like coming up with all these excuses why they shouldn't do it. And there's this really this 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 like little back and forth that they have that I I absolutely loved because to me it was like the perfect example of Sandy Cohen and how he his like outlook on the world and how he like approaches things. And uh, Jimmy goes, restaurants fail. And Sandy goes, not all of them. Mm -hmm. And it was Mm -hmm. just this little thing of like, he's, he's, he doesn't. Yeah. He's not just like, it might fail. So fuck it. Why would we do it? Right. No, you gotta, you gotta believe a little bit. Oh man. San Sandy Cohen's a picture of optimism, picture of hope. And Jimmy's yeah. the opposite of that. He's such a downer. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, then we cut over to Kirsten's work office. So, we're at the Newport group. And Julie is begging to go out anywhere with Kirsten. Kirsten's like, I'm busy. Sorry, I got a lot of work. She's like, dude, we're, we're friends now. Just tell me what you want. And Julie wants the interior design job at the Newport group. 
uh, which Kirsten reminds her that she is not qualified for. <laughs> but she's doinking Caleb Nickel, the CEO of the Newport Group, mm-hmm. and he thinks it's a good idea. So Kirsten is pretty much obligated to give her a shot at the new he- interior design job. He thinks it's a good idea, but he wants nothing to do with it. So Julie's like, so he said that you have to, you have to like oversee the whole thing. Right. So that it, so that he can, I guess kind of, yeah, one, not deal with it. And two, if she fails, he can blame Kirsten and he doesn't have to take the heat because he sucks. Caleb Nichols sucks. Um, so then we go over to, and that's all that scene pretty much is we're setting up this, um, I guess it's kind we, of an we talked okay about this. B plot, but it's not. It's whatever. Yeah, we talked about this um, off mic before we started recording. But um, if if you're hopefully you're following along, because there are so many fucking scenes in this episode, so like many it scenes. just jumps from like there are there's yeah there's like four or five different things happening in this episode that yeah. I don't think all of them needed to be happening, but. Here we are, two um, self-proclaimed uh, OC uh, aficionados, right. and uh, so we're we're doing our best to try to uh, get it all in here. Yeah, I think Schwartz kind of realizes at this point, hopefully, that he needs to hit the reset button because it's like he's written too many like side stories, so you kind of have to jump around. He's like, well, we can't do much with like. Sandy and Kirsten, because Sandy's doing the thing with Jimmy with the lighthouse, and then, you know, Oliver, Marissa, Ryan are a thing, and then Summer, Seth, and Anna are a thing, and then, so we gotta do something with Kirsten, and Julie's back in town, so, like, yeah, there's just, like, five plots going on, and so, yeah, every scene is, like, you know, a minute long, and we're jumping all over the place. But it's surprisingly coherent, considering how mm-hmm. much it jumps around. Like it was—it's pretty easy to follow. It's just like it is a lot. I notice because because we take notes, you know, to kind of like make sure we don't miss anything. And there's a lot of fucking, you know, cut to cut to Harbor Cafe, cut yep. to veranda, cut to Seth's room. Um, so then we cut to. The Harbor Lunch Veranda, which I think is its official title. That super nice patio <laughs> that they eat on. Um, Seth approaches. Summer, Anna, and Luke are cracking up over this new guy, Danny. Um, I'll, I'm just going to say before we get into any bit of Danny, uh, at a certain point in this episode, I thought, do I hate Danny more than I hate Oliver? <laughs> Great, think, great question. I think maybe I do. <laughs> He's awful. I mean, yeah, he doesn't really do much for the story, which as much as we hate Oliver, he at least provides some conflict and some drama mm-hmm. in the show. Um Yeah, Danny. All right, let's let's talk about Danny. So let's get into. Oh, I also noticed Danny's only in this one episode. You know who else is only in one episode? Donnie. Danny There's a real Donnie. D-knee thing going on in these people who are only in one episode. I, I think we might see a Denny at some point. <laughs> um, it's because their names don't start with an O or a C. <laughs> if they did, 
if it's Connie, you know, Connie oh. has a seven episode arc. <laughs> Danny and Donnie, unfortunately, no. Um, no. So I, I, I said, Danny's com- comedy influences are Ace Ventura and nobody else. Like, yep. he is just wildly over the top. Seth uses the word big to describe his comedy. So he's so big. <laughs> it's very broad. Uh, there's no nuance or subtlety or <laughs> insight in any of his comedy. Uh, I, but- part of the part of the reason, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but part of the reason that I found myself really uh, not liking Danny is that he reminded me of a lot of people in high school who I also didn't like where basically, yeah, like you said, uh, they would just quote movies. Like they would quote like, uh, what were movies at the time we were in high school? Oh, like, um, like old school. Old school. Or yeah. Like, Anchorman. Yeah. And Anchorman and, uh, uh, family guy. Was, yes. And that was their thing. And people would laugh. And in my mind, I was like, they didn't come up with that. Yeah. They're, they're just quoting something like the, And it's not even as good. And it would like, it was not that I was any sort of like comedic genius, but I was just like, they're not even trying to come up with their own stuff. This is bullshit. It would. And, and that's basically what Danny does. And you were, you were very much able to relate to Seth Cohen in this episode. Yes. Because he's just like, he's not funny. Why are you laughing? Like, you just feel like, like a betrayal. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I did love how much they were laughing at him in this scene, though. Like, I found yeah. that way funnier than anything he was saying. Just how, oh, like, they over were the howling. top they were all. Yeah. yeah. Luke is doing up. the, like, smoker's wheeze. Dude, so, yeah. Like, I, I wrote down Luke sounds like he has COVID the way he laughs. Like, <laughs> Mitchell, just, we said we weren't going to say that word. Oh, no. The C word. Drink. It, it was relevant. All right, fair enough. <laughs> so he does. So yeah, like Seth shows up. He's got like sushi. Which first of all, they got fucking sushi at this school. Of course they do. Like like sashimi. Like nice sushi. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Seth shows up with some fucking like. $50 worth of sushi and uh, and Danny does you know like a bad like Japanese uh, lip sync thing about the makes a joke about Seth's sushi which in all fairness he pulls off pretty well like credit where credit's due Danny like this this kid this kid had a hard time I mean he didn't have a hard time with this role but he he had like everything stacked against him because like what was asked of him as an actor is to be like this annoyingly over the top, like foil to Seth Cohen, who's like understated and beloved by everybody. Uh, and I don't know. I I thought the actor like did a did a good job with what he was given. Like they they cast oh, yeah. it correctly, and he's like the only person in the show who actually looks like a high schooler. Like he's like real baby faced. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I could believe that this kid's 16 or 17 years old, uh, much more no, than the, like the Luke. Fact, right. No, the fact that I didn't like him so much is a testament to he's 
doing a good how job. How well he <laughs> he portrayed the character. Yeah. How accurately, yeah. Um so so yeah, uh Seth Seth so Seth tries to be funny, like because everybody's cracking up over Danny, and Seth bombs like hard, like not a peep out of anybody. Now Seth knows how Ryan feels around Oliver. It's like he never realizes it, but this is like kind of like Seth getting a dose of that, like feeling like he's being gaslit. Where he's just like, what does everybody see in this guy? Like he obviously sucks. And it like Dude, it never that's comes fucking it, great. It never clicks with him. Like it never clicks with Seth. And I guess that's why you know, the show's title, as we've said, has multiple meanings, like applies to multiple characters, obviously Ryan and Oliver, but now Seth and Danny, the rivals. And mm-hmm. so it's like Schwartz like knew what he was doing with that. But it's like, I really wish that like Ryan kind of called Seth out or something. He's like, the way you feel around this kid, Danny, is how I feel around Oliver. And then like Seth didn't have like a like a, an epiphany moment, but which is a missed opportunity, I feel like. But anyway. So yeah, that's and that's that's that'll that's a theme that'll be running throughout the show. Um so then we cut over to the harbor cafe, you know, the cafe with the pool table and the uh video games and the fucking yeah. I I was going to ask cuz I similar to Sandy's office, is this the first time we see that part of the of the school? The cafe? Yeah. I don't think so. I want to say it's it's been in other episodes as well. It's been in previous but You're I right. may, I may be, because th- I've seen <laughs> so many episodes. It may be later. It all but runs together. Yeah. yeah it all no, I think you're right. Together. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to say, because I know Seth Cohen like gets on the counter and professes his love to Summer, but that that's later. that happens later. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think of like big moments that happened here, which a big one happens in this episode, mm. a very big one. That we've been waiting for. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so now we're in this super sweet cafe. Ryan is studying on a couch. Oliver enters and sits across from him. Um, Oliver mentions that he's a junior and, you know, uh, he has the same schedule as Marissa. Obviously, we mentioned that earlier. Uh, so the gang is confirmed juniors in high school. I know we've had a lot of discussion about how old they were because this is season one they're juniors in high school but then there's season two question mark season three they're seniors in high school so it's kind of hard the timeline's kind of hard i'm still sticking to the theory that they all failed junior year because of all the antics that they get into in season one and they have to repeat junior year in season two and then season three, they finally get to senior year and graduate. It also, unless you're doing a podcast about it and have to like really think about it, it doesn't bother me that we're never super sure of what grade they're in. <laughs> like really? it's always just like they're at school. That's all yeah, I need. You're right. School is like so unimportant in this show. It's just like it's like yeah i got homework and it's like whatever blow it off and like let's go <laughs> do something it's just like school does not matter at all 
Um, right. So, okay, we're confirmed juniors here. So Ryan starts questioning Oliver. He's like, I thought you were a senior. And then Oliver's like, my credits didn't transfer. And then Ryan's like, why transfer schools at all? You have like a semester left to graduate. And then Oliver says, there was an incident. And he's just looking for a fresh start. And I don't know if you've played Among Us, the popular game. But I would say that Oliver is sus. Sus? That's language that they use in the game. If you're suspicious that someone's the imposter, you say that they're sus. And then people vote mm. to kick them off the spaceship. I think it means suspicious. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm teaching you. <laughs> this is the hot new lingo. I like it. Have you heard of um, lit? It's lit. <laughs> oh yeah I'd, i'm 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 mad into lit you know what's a new phrase that i just learned from like a cool younger person at my work you say uh you say i'm here for it when you and as, as opposed to saying like i love that or i'm like that's great you say i'm here for it i'm here for it i'm here for it it's it's fun right i, like it. I say it this too podcast much. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> and Oliver is sus. Um, so yeah, so this is this is where I think this is where I think of like a good title for the episode would be the incident. Right? Mm, we're referencing I you were say the the sus. The sus. The we're referencing Oliver's incident and then an incident happens. Multiple incidents happen in this episode. That could be any episode of that's, any show that's a really good point <laughs> i guess you don't really have a show if you don't have an incident <laughs> anyway um so marissa enters and invites ryan over to oliver's after school because of course they have plans to hang out why would she hang out with her boyfriend um she's gonna help him with french yeah i bet and then ryan's like Oliver, I thought you lived in Paris. And Oliver's like, yeah, but I still need help from your girlfriend with French. <laughs> Pretty much. Just he says it. when he was in like third grade or something. He always, he, he 13, has a, yeah. a a response to everything. Like he's, he's planned it out in his head. Like, right. Or he's a compulsive liar. And I feel like compulsive yeah. liars are just good at like, they're good at improv. <laughs> they're just kind of like <laughs> making up whatever story on the spot. Uh, so Ryan declines the invite to go to Oliver's because he hates him, obviously. And uh, Marissa and Oliver go to exit and Marissa and Ryan kiss. And Marissa says, are you sure you don't want to come? And Ryan says, I trust you. It's fine. And then Marissa's like, you should. And then like they walk away and Oliver like turns back and looks at Ryan like, I'm going to try and make out with her later. <laughs> uh yeah that that uh that like turn around when he's like walking away mm -hmm. and it stays on him and you're like don't you fucking turn around don't even fucking turn and, he turns he turns around. Around. and like doesn't smile or any nope. not like just kind of eh -eh. it's kind of like mm. um oh yeah so the last thing ryan says is i trust you and then we schwartz cut schwartz to the Cohen's game room and Seth says, I don't trust him. He's playing video games with Ryan. He's of course talking about 
Danny. And we're already seeing the parallels between Danny and Oliver. This was a great Schwartz, though, because I thought when he goes, I don't trust him, I thought Ryan had been like, so here's what happened today. And it was finally like Seth was like, okay, you're right. I'm on your side. (laughs) But no, of course not. Seth's no. in his own head too much. He's self-centered. And, and of course, he's, he's just talking about Danny. So, he says, I don't trust Danny. Um, yeah, and he fails to see how he's making Ryan feel just as Summer and the gang made him, him feel when they were all laughing at Danny's terrible jokes. Um, Seth says that Danny's, you know, big, but not funny. Big is cheap. Going, like, broad, big with your humor. Uh, Ryan's like, Oliver said there was an incident. What if he's dangerous? And Seth's like, what, like you were? Again, comparing Oliver to Ryan. Apples and oranges. You can't really do that. Yeah. And then Ryan says, nothing adds up. What should I do? And Seth's like, well, I don't know. You could break into the school and steal his file or move past it. He was using the former as like uh, uh, overkill. <laughs> hyperbolic overkill uh right to say choose the latter just move past it move on and but no that you just gave ryan a <laughs> great idea seth <laughs> so then we cut to uh the harbor school at night right or outside the harbor school the song that plays in this scene uh it's called come come into our room the name of the band is clinic and it is the perfect song to play while someone is sneaking into their school to steal a file. That is exactly what I wrote down. I said, <laughs> it's the perfect indie espionage song. <laughs> it's perfect. Like, it like, works so well. It's got a really cool vibe. It's like, got really, it's like really low key, kind of lo fi, mm-hmm. like sneaky James Bondy kind of vibe. Like, yeah, it's, you're right. It, it is perfect. Um, and so I call, I call this version of Ryan, Sly Ryan, this Sly <laughs> Ryan, Slyin, Slyin, <laughs> cause he's sneaky now. He's got his like black hoodie on, he's Slyin and he gets past the security guard by being all like, I left the book in my locker. The security guard's like, all right, go on in. <laughs> like, let's <laughs> Ryan sneaks into the file room. He's got like a little flashlight in his pocket. Does he do the thing where he puts the flashlight in his mouth while he's like going through files? He holds it up like, like in front of his mouth. Okay. But he but he never yeah, no, he never like rests it on his chin or like puts it in his mouth or anything. But he's always he has it up. I think he's just one-handing the files. The door to the to the room that contains all of the students like records and and personal information unlocked it's unlocked and it's just like right there in the middle of a hallway you don't have to like go through the administration office to get to that room it's just like next to the janitor's closet or something it's like it does have a sign that says keep out (laughs) yeah big sign it's like everybody's personal records keep out (laughs) No, don't go in here no They're key personal. necessary though it's it's totally unlocked um <laughs> so yeah he 
one hands it, flips through the the files, finds Oliver's file, opens it, looks at it, sees a letter that's stamped confidential. And then, boom, (laughs) he starts reading it. He starts reading the confidential letter. And then, boom, flashlight on Ryan. He's busted. Oh, no. Commercial break. The... I know that it's it's not imperative that the the actor playing the security guard is is great at acting. <laughs> yeah. This security guard not great at acting. <laughs> He's just like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" <laughs> you have two lines, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he was like off-screen when he said his line. Like they could have just yes! They could have ADR'd that or used a different take or something. They're like, <laughs> that was, that the was the best, best we could get. <laughs> um, so I think now might be a good time to take an OP break. <laughs> Can we call it that? Yeah, dude. That's You're good. You're Danny funny, bro. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. I'm going to go kill myself. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> From our go pee break. <laughs> uh, so we go, we, we come back from commercial and we're in the dean's office. Dr. Kim. We all know Dr. Kim. Dr. Um, Kim. Kirsten, Sandy, Ryan are all there. Dr. Kim enters, which is interesting. It's like going to the doctor or something where you, you know, how you go in and you're just sitting there waiting. How, how did that work? Sitting out? On, that, on that weird paper. Yeah, you're just like, you're just like, am I supposed to get naked? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I always do. I don't know what the doctor's expecting. Uh, you start fucking around with all the, the little cotton swabs and stuff they have on the table. Um, so, so doctor, Doctor Kim, I, yeah. I, I, I did because I know I pointed this out because it made me laugh really hard. The, the last time we saw Dr. Kim's office, she has the little like you know, the nameplate thing on the front of her desk and mm-hmm. it just says Dr. Kim. And I was like, I wonder if we're going to see that again in this scene. And boy, we do. And oh, it, yeah. it made me laugh again. Then it just says Dr. Kim. It's like too long. Like, I feel yes! like you could have cut, you could have cut that nameplate in half and still had plenty of room on either side. Like it's, it's like, it was designed for somebody with a much longer name, but they just put Dr. Kim on it. Well, her real name is Dr. Kimberly, but she goes mm. by Dr. Kim. She just kind of like buffed out the rest of it. That's how you just <laughs> like, you have all this blank space on it now. Um, So Dr. Kim's like, Ryan, you fucked up, my man. Uh, You might get expelled. The board has to make a decision about this. Why did you do this? Why did you break into the files and read the files, the super confidential files in the room that's in the hallway and not locked? <laughs> and you could tell which ones are confidential because we have a cool red big, stamp. Big red we, stamp we put on those. It um, was either confidential or another stamp that says, definitely don't read this. Pl- please don't read this if you, if you have this. So Ryan's like, I straight up do not trust Oliver. See, I saw this letter in his file. You know, the one marked confidential. Yeah, I read that. I don't give a fuck about that stamp. Uh, Apparently, the file says that 
Oliver was found in the bathroom of his old high school having slit his wrists over a girl. And she got a restraining order on Oliver because he was stalking her. And that's why he transferred to Harbor School. Oh, and he's also been spending a shit ton of time with my girlfriend, Marissa. So... <laughs> like every moment of every day. His schedule and her schedule are the same schedule. <laughs> um, no, no cause for concern there. And Dr. Kim's like, well, that was two years ago and Oliver's <laughs> fine now. And uh, so also... So that makes me wonder, like, Oliver's just been, what, like, floating around for two years, not going to school? And Probably also... Just... Wait, yeah, he's just looking for another girl to stalk, but also, like, does that make him, like, 20 years old or something? Like, <laughs> he's yeah. supposed to be a senior, right, at his old school? It definitely makes him older than 18. Yeah, because he, he, cause in the... um. Maybe the New Year's Eve episode, he said he'd been held back twice already to Marissa, right? Mm. So, yeah, he he's might like... Be, he might be 47 years <laughs> old. <laughs> he, he might be Ryan's dad. <laughs> he's old enough. Ryan, I am your father. And then Ryan punches him in the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Luke did. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Sandy's like... Dr. Kim, you accepted this kid into the school knowing this happened? And Kim's like, well, we've been known to make exceptions for kids with troubled pasts who show extra promise. Hello, Ryan Atwood. Checkmate. Ugh. I did that same thing with Ryan. Again, comparing even Oliver Dr. to Ryan. Kim. hate it. Don't even... You say them their names in the same breath. How dare you? You know what I want? You know what I want? To what do you know? want? Tell me. What are Oliver's test scores like? Dude, that's what I that's what I'm saying. <laughs> this kid has failed <laughs> two times, like like been held back two times, and then he didn't even have enough credits to be considered a senior, which he's supposed to be. So he's a junior, and I'm like, this kid ain't got Ryan Atwood test scores. No, no way. No, hardly. No fucking They're way. In that regard, they are not the rivals. That's true. Nobody rivals Ryan Atwood test scores. Clear also, winner. I think it's like you can go to Harbor if you have a really good test score or a lot of money. And Oliver well, has a lot of money. That's so. yeah, that's what I concluded. They like he donated <laughs> a swimming pool for the water polo team or something. <laughs> They're like, All right, you can you can come to our school, whatever. Just don't kill yourself in the bathroom. Like, that's insensitive, Heart, Dr. Kim. <laughs> Dr. Kim. How, how dare you say that? I can't believe she said that. Um, there is, I actually do in in finding out that he, and again, this is all make-believe and this it, is not, yeah, this is not real, real life. It's a TV show. But hearing that, like, is, I, I, all I've done is hate this guy from the moment he was on uh, first on screen. But like hearing that the incident was like he tried to kill himself uh, made me like for, for a little bit go like, oh, maybe I'm being too hard on this guy. Because that's he clearly has has some mental issues that oh, yeah. need to be handled. But absolutely has mental health issues. 
But you can have mental health issues and still be evil. <laughs> right. Like they're not mutually exclusive. He's still like manipulative and dishonest and uh and and he's like obsessed with Marissa. It's like dangerous. It's unhealthy. Right. And uh so Ryan, this meeting ends with basically Ryan's got detention forever until the board is able to make a decision about what to do with him. And that's how that's even their even their detention hall is really nice. Oh, dude, it's <laughs> fancy. It's fancy as shit. We get a good look at it at the end of this episode. Um, so then we cut over to the harbor halls and. Anna surprises Seth with motherfucking bright eyes tickets. Dude, Seth and 17-year-old Mitchell are so stoked right now. <laughs> that's huge. He's going to play a killer set. I mean, that's like right in the sweet spot of like lifted yeah. had just come out. Like you're getting you're getting you're going to get a bunch of fevers and mirrors. He's going to pull out some really old stuff. It's mm. It's going to be maybe, great. Maybe play a, a new tune or two from I'm Wide Awake It's Morning or something. But like, I was I was half expecting to see a cameo from Connor Oberst in, uh, in this episode because we got Rooney. Last time they talked about a band like <laughs> going to see a concert by name, it was Rooney. And we got a lot of Rooney that episode. So I was like, hey, maybe this will be a concert episode. We'll get a little Bright Eyes action. But no. Do uh, we get any bright eyes other than the um, Blue Christmas song that plays in that Christmaca episode? Oh, like in the soundtrack? Yeah, I'm not sure. There, there is a playlist on Spotify that apparently like uh, got all of the all the music from every episode of the OC together, My and somebody goodness. put it put it all in a playlist it's called the oc complete chronological so i guess it's every song in the order it appears in every episode i love the internet i'm gonna scroll on oh, i gotta pull OC up super fans like ourselves yeah i mean we're not the only ones apparently it looks like br- <laughs> the only bright eyes song is blue christmas on uh on this list unfortunately but boom bob seeger's in there you make a oh hell yeah hell yeah it's a Julie Cooper special. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get there. That's <laughs> season two, maybe season three shit. Good stuff. All right. I'm sure it was I'm sure it was um sort of thrown out there to Bright Eyes and uh the the Saddle Creek record uh people and they were like, No, we don't want to be on that T V show. We're good. We saw how yeah. you guys did Rooney and um <laughs> we're not interested. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Anna and Seth are stoked about Bright Eyes. Summer and Danny approach. And Danny attempts the you've got something right there nose boop trick. And Seth does not fall for it. He, he Because re- he's not four years old. Right, yeah. He's just like, okay, <laughs> whatever, dude. Um, he eventually gives in. And gets what's coming to him. He's like, like everybody's just like, no, Seth, really? You got something on your shirt? And so it's just like, kind of like begrudgingly like, okay. And then he like looks down and he gets, he gets the boop from Danny. Because 
yeah right it's it's real like <laughs> juvenile this humor is, this is the moment where i thought is danny worse than oliver <laughs> yeah you're right yeah and he gets worse as the episode progresses like oh yeah especially at the end there but we'll get to that um <laughs> oh boy so uh um danny says <laughs> Danny and Summer are exiting. And I feel like this had to have been a suggestion by Adam Brody, who plays Seth Cohen. As they're exiting, um, you hear Danny say, Hey, do you want to come over tonight? I TV'd Lino. And I I LOL'd when I heard that. <laughs> it comes out of nowhere. And it, and then it like all makes so much sense. You're like, oh, of course you like Lino. <laughs> yeah. That's that's who you are. That's who you look to for for comedy, right? Yeah. Um. So there are there are Leno guys, there are Letterman guys, and there are Conan guys. And yeah. uh, I think the Letterman guys and the Conan guys are are a little kind of similar. You know, they they don't they, they don't want they anything along. to do with the Leno guys. Fuck the Leno guys. <laughs> Just the lowest common denominator. Mm. So Seth, like, can't even think about Bright Eyes right now because he's griping about Danny. He's fuming. And Anna's like, you're jealous of him because he's with Summer. Seth, embrace the friend. Callback! Mark it. And that's what they call a callback in comedy, Ron. But seriously, oh my God. Seth, how are you not getting... The parallels between you, Danny, Ryan, <laughs> Oliver. Come on, man. <laughs> so, Anna, this is really funny, too, the way the scene ends. Anna walks away from Seth, and Seth finds that he is literally the only person in the hallway. And he kind of, like, looks around just like, what What the hell? Like, how, did, how did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. The look, the look around was pretty great. Yeah. He just kind of waves his hands in the air like, what the fuck? <laughs> Um, so then we cut over to the lighthouse. Sandy and Jimmy are kind of pumping each other up about this new project of theirs. Um, they're going for like a timeless, classy vibe. Jimmy's like, they used to have live music. And Sandy's like, oh, like cabaret. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? Have you ever been to a concert? (laughs) Yeah. Like, do you think all live music is. Is like burlesque. <laughs> Sandy likes a show. Sandy needs, yes, yes. Not just music, but a visual element to accompany it. Anybody can sit at a piano. Like, Give how, me a show. Yeah, I'm like, this restaurant is like, it doesn't have a stage. Like, how could they do cabaret here? I don't want to get into it. It was, it was a weird call by Sandy. Anyway, Jimmy's we'll, like... We'll hang the swings over there. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Dude. <laughs> we got to build him a changing room so they could get into costume. Um, Jimmy's like, no, dude, jazz. jazz just like just piano and upright bass, just jazz music. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, jazz. Yeah, jazz. So they he agree- does, Sandy does ref- call Jimmy, he calls him Coop. Which, like how Summer calls Marissa oh, Coop, yeah. and I thought, I thought that was wonderful. I love that. So they agree that they're going to have one kind of martini, and yet, two kinds of meatloaf. 
Because they've lost their minds. <laughs> Again, I said it last episode. As long as this restaurant story art goes, I'm going to say it. I want this to be a spinoff. I, I would d- watch dude, this. It's all I want. Two like, fucking meatloafs? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, just like a like a 30-minute, like, three-camera sitcom that's just, the. it's called The Lighthouse, and yes. it's, you know, Jimmy's like your, your main character, right? He's like your, um, uh, Ted Danson in Cheers. What was his name? Malone, Malone, Ted Danson. Uh, he so he's <laughs> like the he's he's like your main character. He's in every episode. Sandy, Sandy's Peter Gallagher. You're not gonna get him for every episode, but he's gonna pop in. You know, like he'll do a pop mm-hmm. in every like few episodes. He'll come in, pop in with some crazy ideas. He's the, yeah, he's the partner. He comes in in his little suit. Occasionally, you get Sam, like, Sam Malone, Sam Malone. Thank you, thank you. God, it's killing. What was his? What was his nickname? I just want to spend spend some more time trying oh to remember God. Cheers' names. Uh, Mayday, Sam Mayday Malone. Mayday. Oh, glad glad we got through that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Josh Schwartz, if you're still, you know, holding on to this as an intellectual property, uh, we want to make the lighthouse a reality. <laughs> Give it to us. Give it to us. Well, it, it's in good hands. Uh, so then we cut over to Kirsten's work office, Newport Group. Julie has gone mad with power. She's completely taken over Kirsten's office. She's commanding a gaggle of, I guess, like interns. I don't know. Um, She's got a team of people. Yes. Though she does seem like she knows what she's doing. She's like barking out orders and like she has a plan. Kirsten enters and... You know, she thinks Julie's gone way off the rails. Kirsten's like, we only have 72 hours. Just throw a couple rugs and a sofa in there and call it a day. This is this is too much. And Julie's like, if you stopped halfway through open heart surgery, it would be murder. Which I really like that line. Love it because it, there's a second part to it. In yes. A, in a in the next the next time we see these two talking and it's fucking great. Yeah. She says, no, 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 no. We are selling a lifestyle here. I am inspired. You got to spend money to make money, baby. She's just like, you know, really going all in on this one. While, yeah, while she's saying all of this, you know, totally out there shit, you see it cuts to a shot of this like bird bath kind of thing with a frog like rubbing its belly. Yes. Just just cutting to that made me laugh because it's so silly. <laughs> the prop department really hit a home run with that one. They were like, we're going to give this. And we're going to bring it back later in the episode, too. Oh, yeah. It's like, that can't get enough screen time. I wish the birdbath got more screen time than Danny, to be honest. With <laughs> the birdbath looks like something you could either find at a Cracker Barrel yeah. or... Um, or like a Creighton barrel, but like <laughs> the expensive, the expensive part of Creighton barrel. Like it looks, it looks very, very pricey, but also it's so silly. I could see it at a Pier One Imports. <laughs> but yes, you're right. It's, it's, it's a, a bit, difference. Yeah, it's a bit gaudy. Um, 
So then we cut over to the uh, hallways of the Harbor School. and Oh, wait. Uh, yeah. What Kirsten basically is like, this isn't going to work. We don't have enough time. Uh, you're not going to have enough time to do this. And uh, and Julie says, uh, thanks for putting that on into the universe. <laughs> is that like a the secret thing? Well, just remember it because... Oh, it comes up later. You caught you caught you caught a call back I missed. Well done. That's that's why there's two of us, man. Yeah. Takes a village to get all these callbacks. <laughs> can you also can you imagine doing this just by yourself? <laughs> yeah, oh man. No. <laughs> no. Just I would three hours it. of uninterrupted just, just me talking to myself. <laughs> It's kind of what YouTube people are like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Vloggers. I think about that. I'm just like, even when they they have good personalities and stuff, I'm like, you're just sitting in your room talking to yourself for, mm-hmm. for hours then cutting it together. Um, good for them, though. More power to them. I, I watch a lot of them, so I'm not, I'm not here to throw stones. Anyway, going to the Harbor Halls. Ryan is spying on Marissa and Oliver. He sees Oliver give Marissa a letter. Marissa puts it in her locker. They exit. Ryan goes up to the locker and is about to straight betray her trust. But before we see that, we cut over to the Cohen's kitchen. Kind of leaves you hanging there a little bit. Yeah, uh, did he Did he do it or did he not? Moral dilemma. He, he did. He did. Long story short, he did. <laughs> So we cut over to the Cohen's kitchen. Sandy and Kirsten are talking to Ryan about the incident. See how I did that? How it could be the name of the episode. <laughs> um, they're like, why did you do it? And Ryan's like, I for real don't trust this kid, but nobody believes me. And Sandy's like, the first time I met him, he was in jail. He has a history. I believe you, but now you might get expelled. And Kirsten's like, why didn't you just come to us? And Ryan's like, I wanted to handle it myself. And Sandy's like, well, great job with that. And Ryan's like, what, are you going to kick me out now? And Sandy's like, do you think you can screw up so bad that we'll kick you out? You are part of this family, and you will feel the full weight of that. Oh, you're going to wish we threw you out. And I'm like, (laughs) even when he's being like stern and mean and disciplining, he still shows the love. He's still like, she's like we're not we're never gonna kick you out you are our family (laughs) like i just love that i love that like sometimes sometimes you gotta be a dad (laughs) to your adopted son (laughs) sandy cohen can't stop being the best dad ever just as soon as his as soon as his eyes open in the morning he just starts dadding it's like his mantra he's like looking in the mirror while he's brushing his teeth he's like you're the best dad you're the best dad. <laughs> You're going to dad the shit out of all the people you meet today. <laughs> Every single person you encounter might need to be dadded. And gonna, that's what you're going to do. That's why you're here, Sandy. <laughs> it is, uh, you know, the first two or three episodes when Ryan is like first kind of being integrated into their family and their lifestyle. Yeah. There were a lot of parts like this, but we haven't seen him in a while. Like, yeah. it seems like Ryan has like gotten gotten used to it and like 
has hasn't gotten in any trouble, hasn't punched anybody. <laughs> and so it was like, oh yeah, this used to be something that happened like multiple times every episode. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I've kind of missed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much I missed it till Sandy started <laughs> scolding him. Um so then we cut over to the pool house and Ryan's just like sitting in the dark, brooding. Did you notice that? Sitting in the dark, staring off into nothingness. Yeah. Like not even looking out the window. He has his back to the window. He's like yeah. looking at his looking bed. into the void. Like just <laughs> darkness. And then Seth enters uh, and he says he overheard the conversation with uh, Kirsten and Sandy. And he's like, so this is over now, right? Like the whole Oliver thing, like this is it because it's gotten serious now. And then Ryan turns on the lights and he grabs the letter, the letter that was in Marissa's locker. He tells Seth that he stole it out of Marissa's locker. Seth is appalled. He's like, do not read that. Put it back. And Ryan's like, okay. And then Seth exits. And Ryan puts it back in his bag. But then... Old Sly Ryan's coming back. Slyin'. Turns out that the song that's perfect for... uh, uh, breaking into your school and and breaking into the uh, personal records room. Uh, also, pretty great song uh, to play while you're reading a note that from you stole, dude, to your girlfriend. Yep, that's why they call him Slyin when this song plays. Slyin, and so yeah, he reads the letter and he like. You don't see what it says, but like he gives a look like, oh, fuck. Like you, you can't believe what he's reading. Go to commercial. You, you can't see what it says, but you know what it you says. You know what it says. <laughs> so then we go to Seth's room. We go to commercial. Then we come back. We're in Seth's room. It's the next morning. Ryan enters, and he's like, bro, we got to talk. I, I have to throw in uh, a new Amsterdam song is playing in Seth's room. And oh, I'm nice. I'm really happy. Oh, yeah. cool. I, I missed is, that. This is a great... Uh, ep- like oh, soundtrack yeah. episode later. This is yes the Damien Rice song. There's just a yes, yeah. There's a ton of great songs in this episode, and I think it's because the last episode had that puddle of mud song that played like multiple <laughs> oh, yeah. times, and so this song, this <laughs> so this episode, I'm just like, oh cool, the thrills, I like them, New Amsterdam's, yes, this is great. I'm just like so happy that I'm hearing like actual good music again. <laughs> yeah, it almost makes the the situation with Oliver palatable. But mm-hmm. you're right, yeah, that puddle of mud motif was was pretty rough. <laughs> Glad they reeled it in. <laughs> they took a they took a chance there. It didn't work. You know, sometimes stuff doesn't work. It's okay. You gotta you gotta try things, especially when you're 17 episodes deep. Like, yeah, try some shit. So Ryan walks into Seth's room. He's like, "Bro, we gotta talk." Seth's like, "No, bro, you did not read that letter." And Ryan's like, "Bro, he says he can't live without her." And Seth's like, "He may be crazy, bro, but right now you're giving him a run for his money." And I'm like, "Hold up, bro. Does Seth know about Oliver's incident?" like the incident at his last school, because this is potentially way more serious than just stealing a letter. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I get I would it. guess that Ryan told him. Ryan's told him everything else. I would, yeah, I would tell him. If you're, t- if you're telling him, like, I stole this letter out of Marissa's locker, it's like, I did it because I read the file, and the file said that he was, like, obsessed with a girl, and she got a restraining order and all this, because, because, yeah, I agree, like, you shouldn't betray somebody's trust like that. You shouldn't break into somebody's locker read a note it's the equivalent of like you know like reading like stealing your girlfriend's phone and like reading her texts and stuff like that Mm -hmm. which i guess has been kind of normalized now weirdly (laughs) but well if you're trying to protect her it's no i'm just kidding don't don't do that (laughs) well i don't know like i i definitely like i feel the dilemma here with ryan but i also like kind of understand why he's like Seth, I didn't do what you told me to do. I did the opposite, and I read the letter, and um, now I'm like genuinely concerned for Marissa's safety. Uh, well, these are these are things in this episode that, like, I mean, it's high, it's it's one thing for Ryan to just be like, I don't trust this guy. It's weird, you know. And and then if 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 you're Seth you're just like, Oh, maybe he's just a little paranoid. But now that he's like breaking into, you know, the, the, the file room at school and stealing letters. Like now, if you're Seth, like this is escalating to like, kind of like not, not innocent anymore. Like now you are starting to worry about him. Like I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like so uncharacteristic of Ryan to do something like that. I would be like, mm-hmm. okay, like there has to be some some more to this than just Ryan being like jealous that his girlfriend's like made a new friend. Like there has to be more to it than that. And right. you know, yeah, the just the fact that nobody really backs Ryan up ever. <laughs> it's it's like very frustrating. Yeah. Um so uh Marissa knocks well, on Nobody, nobody yet. Yet. Oh, yeah. He's coming. Bless him. (laughs) He's coming, guys. Don't worry. (laughs) So Marissa knocks on Seth's door. Ryan hides the letter. And Seth, like, can't stop rolling his eyes at Ryan. And Marissa's like, "Um, (laughs) cooking lesson with Oliver later? And Ryan's, and I'm like, like, Marissa... Like, it it is so incredibly rude how much time you're spending with this guy. And you spend no time with your boyfriend. She is spending zero time with Ryan and all of her time with, with Oliver. They're yeah. like, Ryan's your boyfriend. If you don't want to be boyfriend, girlfriend, like, break up with him and go date Oliver. But, like, what is this shit? Yeah, it's fucked up. It's not cool. Um... And so Ryan's like, I can't do the cooking lesson. I've got to help Kirsten move furniture into the the model home. Um, you know, the thing with Julie, all that shit, whatever. So then we cut over to Kirsten's office. Julie is crying. Kirsten enters. Julie blew it. Kirsten's like, what was that about open heart surgery? And Julie's like, I lost the patient. Call back. And that's what they call a callback in comedy, Ron. Mark it. Callback. So good. I love that one. I, it, that made me uh, laugh 
I don't know if it was the hardest I laughed in this episode. No, it wasn't, but <laughs> it was like top three. I thought it was so like well done. That oh, was yeah. such a great perfectly like, like great writing, great delivery. Mm. Love it. Um so Kirsten offers to help her out with just the usual stuff, you know, but she's gotta be willing to get her hands dirty. And Julie's like, Manicure's not till Friday. And I like them as friends. Like I like I like Julie and Kirsten like teaming up and like having each other's backs and stuff. It's good. Julie is is when she's when she's like this, when she's like been kind of knocked down and vulnerable, like she's great because you realize yeah. like oh she she does get hurt like she does she isn't this like heartless you know like uh dragon lady yeah she's like, human uh, sandy called her yeah she's dement she's got dimensions she's got layers yeah, yeah i like julie Sometimes, <laughs> so but like i understand julie at least like i don't understand oliver oliver's kind of like the character's really messy he's all over the place but like julie's like even though she sucks a lot of the time um like it's understandable because you know where she's come from and like all of her motivations make sense to me Mm -hmm. but oliver's just like a real wild card like the whole time (laughs) like i never really and yeah unlike danny julie is really funny Julie is really funny. You know why? Because she's not big. She doesn't she's go big. big. <laughs> Keeps it subtle. Keeps she the actually humor goes subtle. small. She went, yeah. I lost the patient. Lost the patient. Like, real, real like almost under her breath. It's great. Uh, so then we cut over to the Harbor Cafe. Like we said, there's a million scenes in this episode. Seth and yeah. Anna are ordering smoothies again with the school. They're getting fucking like fresh fruit smoothies like it's an Arden's garden or something in the middle of the school. What the fuck? <laughs> um, Summer and Danny enter and he's acting like a velociraptor or some shit. And um, <laughs> he he drops like, like he goes up to Seth and Anna and he drops like a why you be all up in my Kool-Aid when you don't even know the flavor? Like he's the phrases he uses and like the jokes he says are straight up from like, like late elementary, early middle school. Like that's his range of, of humor. Yeah. He would do great on YouTube. If he was, he was, he was born <laughs> too early. a little ahead of his time. Way ahead of his time. <laughs> well, I guess yeah like a few years because YouTube came out in, in like 05 um, but again it's this thing of like he says that and Anna is like loves it and oh, like yeah. Summer has not stopped laughing and Seth is just like what is going on yeah like, what is what yeah. is this yeah Seth's like cringing over there I'm with Seth I think most of the audience is um, I booed I straight up went boo <laughs> Not funny. Never was. Kill him, Seth. (laughs) (laughs) So Anna senses, you know, Seth hating Danny. And she shoots. Also, if Anna and Seth are so similar, why is she laughing at Danny? Yeah. And Seth isn't. Doesn't make sense. Maybe maybe they aren't so similar. No, they are. They're they're like the exact same. Except when it comes to Danny. Um, yeah, that's the so so Anna shoots 
Seth like an embrace the friend look and Seth invites Danny over to watch Leno and Sean William Scott who in all <laughs> fairness Sean William Scott is a lot funnier than Leno in my opinion but oh, I guess absolutely at, at the time he was kind of like American Pie era I assume like kind of starting his career and being but he evolved into a much uh <laughs> Like a really funny actor. Like, I really enjoy watching him. I remember, yeah, I remember thinking uh, that he was, yeah, like like a, a Leno guest kind of funny. Uh, and then that movie Role Models with him and Paul Rudd and uh, uh, McLovin. Yeah. Love David it's called Wayne. Role Models, right? Role Models, David yeah. Wayne movie? Yeah. And remember, I remember being really surprised of like, oh no, he's great. I like him. He's awesome. Yeah, you just got to get some good writing uh, to work with. Actors is only as good as the writer, and I guess the director. But you know, got to have a good script. So then we go over to Jimmy's place. Somebody is ringing the doorbell and knocking frantically on Jimmy's front door. Someone is ringing the doorbell at Jimmy's back door. I had a lot of questions about what they have already established about Julie's apartment is he has the door in the hallway, like, the, right? I think I think it's the front door, because the back door is like that sliding glass door, right? No, but wrong? that's where Sandy was. He was at the sliding glass door? He opens the back door. He doesn't enter from the hallway. He enters from, like, outside. Jimmy does or Sandy? Sandy does. Okay. Mm, I don't know. I thought it was the I thought it was the same door people always come in and out of mm. at Jimmy's place. I might be wrong. I I, I really don't know. It's it, it so enough in- that I enough that I like wrote down Jimmy's back door has a doorbell and how did Sandy get back there? Because there's a fence. I guess there's probably a way he you can the get fence. back there, but it was so weird that he didn't come through the way everyone else has always come into his apartment. <laughs> so we're in Jimmy's place, which was designed by MC Escher. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, well, here's the thing is like the doorbell's ringing frantically, knocking. Da, 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 da. Jimmy goes to answer. I'm like, I'm for some reason, I'm thinking it's Oliver and he's in some sort of like manic state and he's trying to get to Marissa and I'm like how interesting would that be if it was like Jimmy who answers the door and Oliver's like tweaking out and like trying to get a hold of Marissa I was like oh this could be interesting <laughs> but no it's, it's Sandy and he's all like pumped up sandy. yeah <laughs> I mean I'm relieved when it's Sandy I would much Oliver's rather like, answer I'm the supposed door to be at, I'm supposed to be at a cooking class with Marissa and uh... <laughs> where is she you know I've, tr- I've tried to call her 50 times and she didn't answer I, I like, yeah, I would much rather answer the door to Peter Gallagher than um, Oliver. A hundred percent. So Sandy's so stoked because he put a down payment on the lighthouse. It's happening, baby. It's reality. Jimmy, he's being real hesitant. A real hesitant resident. You like that? <laughs> Well, maybe that should have been the name of the episode. Oh, yeah. I'm trying it on. Uh, (laughs) 
Jimmy's like, it's too fast. I'm not ready. And Sandy's like, let's fucking go, dude. Like, I'm signing. I'm signing the title. Let's go, baby. And yeah, like Jimmy just can't pull the trigger on this. And it's really, it's really aggravating. Here's like, as we're talking about it now and having watched it. Yes, it is aggravating. It's frustrating. That's Jimmy. That's who he is as a character. But I think a big part of it, and he cut, and he, he even says it like at the end of the episode when they do sign the papers, he's afraid to do a thing because yeah. all he does is fail. Yeah. He fucks and up all the time. You're right. And he's worried that he's going to like let Sandy down. So I kind of get it in that regard. And, and I, I loved that actually because it, it kind of yeah. like, it really humanizes Jimmy. It like, makes a lot of sense with his character and stuff. And I'm just like, oh man, poor Jimmy. <laughs> like I kind of feel yeah, for him. In he's self aware. He's not like oblivious to yeah. the fact that he, everything he touches turns to shit. Like he's yeah. very much aware of that. Yeah, I agree. But it's like, I don't know. It's, it's like, you got nothing to lose, man. Go for it, baby. It'll be okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Sandy Cohen, you're working with <laughs> also, here. Also, if Peter Gallagher was like, uh, you want to start a restaurant with me? I'd say yes. Like, yes. He's like, no All right, I haven't asked. told you anything about it. I'd be I'll like, do yes, whatever. I don't, <laughs> I don't care how many meatloafs you have on the menu. I don't care if we do cabaret every fucking night. I will, I will wear the corset. <laughs> I will do the cabaret. <laughs> whatever you want, sir. <laughs> Um, so then we cut over to the Harbor Halls and Ryan is attempting to sneak the Oliver note back into Marissa's locker. So he's like out on bathroom break. And as he's unlocking Marissa's lock, like doing the combo lock, Oliver appears out of fucking thin air. Like he just, he's there and he's like leaning like against a ghost. the ghost, like a ghost. Cause he's not real. Um, uh, and he's asked, he's like there to be like, oh, it's so cool that you guys like know each other's locker combos and stuff. Like, so why are you, why are you breaking into Marissa's locker? And Ryan's like, uh, I forgot a book. Callback. He said that to the security guard. And that's what they call a callback in comedy, Ryan. Mark it. That's Slyon's like go-to move when he's got to talk to people. Slyon. He's just like, I forgot a book. <laughs> Do book. you think it's, do you think Oliver was also going to, Try to get into Marissa's locker. Like, it's oh, weird. That maybe, yeah. I, I was, ju- I mean, I think I know it's for the sake of the story and the, you know, move along the plot, but it was just so weird that he was just there. It, it was really like, and I, I mean, they did it like a, like a horror movie where it's just like, you know, like Ryan, like, is like, like kind of backs away and reveals, you know, Oliver just like standing there, like, hey, what's up? This is just like, it's like a jump scare whenever you see him. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I I think maybe Oliver was doing like a, was like ditching class or whatever because he sucks at school and he just saw Ryan. And so he was like, I'm going to sneak up on him and really Mm. catch him off guard. Or like, I bet Oliver just like licks Marissa's locker. So like he's fucking weird. He probably does some weird shit. Even if Ryan wasn't there, he'd probably... Do something. You're right. Uh, I hate him. Get him, get him out but of then, here. But 
<laughs> Who else shows up? This this really reminded me of like when you like back in high school, you would see your friends like in the morning and in between classes and you'd eat lunch with them. And then after school, you'd hang out. It was always great. They're your friends. You love them. But on those rare occasions where like during class, if like you went to the bathroom and another one of your, you saw a friend in the hallway also going, it was just like, Holy shit. What's up, man. It's like, you just saw them like 30 minutes ago before the class started. But it was, there's something about that. Like, that that like we both are are here at the same time it's special I don't know. it was it was great yeah because it's like empty hallways usually you know usually like usually when you've seen your friends there's a million people around but yeah mm-hmm. it's just like a little moment where you're just like whoa <laughs> it's just us just us what here. What do you want to do? <laughs> I don't know. We I got gotta, like five minutes. I'm in the middle of a test. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. Gotta go <laughs> You're each carrying like whatever weird thing that the teacher makes you take to go to the bathroom. Oh, right. <laughs> like, yeah. It's usually something like hanging from a, a lanyard or it's something. It's like a big thing. Yeah. Like a wooden spoon it's or the, something. The bathroom pass. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Luke shows up. Oh, Yes. Just a breath Thank of fresh air. You. He shows up. <laughs> so Oliver- if you'd have told me at the beginning of this show that I would be happy to see Luke in a scene, but I know. Also, I think he like I feel like he improvised this line. Like he walks oh up, he's God. like, "What's up, guys? Last class of the day is so long. It was like <laughs> so, it almost seemed like a commercial for like a don't do drugs." Like campaign or something. It was. It felt so dumb, but I didn't care because I was just like, "Yes!" Last class of the day is so long. You guys want to get high under the bleachers? <laughs> yeah. I'm. Let's go. That Luke. sounds awesome. Oh, um, not with Oliver. I don't no. want him coming. Mm-mm, I don't want to do drugs with Oliver. Um. <laughs> uh, so Oliver mentions something about he and Marissa planning a camping trip. And he wants to invite everybody. And they're like, yeah, sure. And he's like, I'll let her know. And I'm like, dude, Marissa is spending way too much time with Oliver and like zero time with her boyfriend, Ryan. Like, it's crazy. They, they're they always doing stuff together and talking to each other. Like, like, Ryan and Marissa haven't even been together except like in school and when like they're talking about Oliver the whole time. Like it's, it's nuts. The kid's completely like a parasite, just like completely like infested their lives. Uh, She's got the spinny eyes, man. She's hypnotized. She's totally hypnotized. And I'm like, yeah, like what does she do? Like, what does she think of all this? She probably thinks it's fine. He's like, this is my friend. I'm like, you have your friend that you spend every day with. Come on, man. So, um, so yeah, he's like, I'll let her know. And then Oliver exits and it's just Luke and Ryan. And Luke is like, I do not like that kid at all. <laughs> like, and for and Ryan looks at him as if like it's amazing. No one has believed him. No yes. one is has said this. And he's just like, Yeah, I know, right? Like, oh my like, god, thank oh my god. you. <laughs> yeah. He's the first person to believe him. And, you know, Luke gets it. 
And uh, and he says that he's like, dude, yeah, Oliver, he's totally just here for Marissa. And Ryan's just like, oh my god, dude, that's what I've been trying to like. They're totally like clicking goes, right now. They're mind melting right he now. Goes, yeah, dude, say because it's such a good line. He goes, he goes, you need to tell him to back off. I'll do it for you if you want me to. And Ryan's like, no, it's cool. I'll handle it. He goes, just let me know. Hold on, I gotta make sure I get this right. He goes. Just give me the signal, and I'll drop the Great Gatsby. And then he like slams his fists and walks off. And that was my favorite line of the episode because I have no idea what it means, and I thought it was amazing. <laughs> drop the Great Gatsby. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? That makes me think that Luke has never seen the uh, read the Great Gatsby or seen it. The movie wasn't out yet, but. Yeah. Yes, no. He assumes it's about some uh, really good fighter, I guess. You know, the great Gatsby, the great, great white hype, the great Gatsby. <laughs> it's like Cinderella Man. Or <laughs> I will drop the great Gatsby. Yeah, drop the great Gatsby. Oh, do you think Oliver's the great Gatsby? Because he was like, that actually does make sense. Oh, shit, maybe. Because he, Gatsby was like, wasn't he like obsessed with that lady and so he threw these extravagant parties hoping she would come to the party so that he could like you know like make a move on her holy yes. shit dude luke is way deeper than we're giving him credit for here luke might be getting another oc mvp <laughs> i mean that alone. he doesn't that's really have much competition great. here uh but yeah that's amazing that yeah hands down the best line of the episode um so luke <laughs> Luke kind of saunters off. You know, so he walks away. He's just kind of like, he's got swag when he's walking. He's just kind of like. He's fucking proud. He just made a literary uh, fight joke. That was amazing. Yeah. And then he just struts <laughs> off like an angel into the fog. He just kind of like. <laughs> God, he's so great. I'm going to be so bummed when he leaves. Uh, when he leaves the we show. Still got, we got some more episodes. We got some Luke time. Yeah. So then we cut over to the Cohen's game room. Seth and Danny are playing games, I guess, later that day or that evening or whatever. And Danny is being typical Danny, as we've come to learn, just being very big, loud, boisterous. Um, Seth just seems exhausted. He's just like, I can't fucking put up with this kid. (laughs) So Danny, like, wins the match or whatever, and he drops a, you got punked. There's a camera there, there, and right there. I'm just like, wow. Great punked reference. Mm. And even then, it wasn't a great joke. But I think punked was actually still happening at the time. Wow. So relevant. Probably picked that relevant, up on Leno. still like not a very good joke. No, no. None of his jokes are good jokes. So uh, this is great. Sandy enters and Seth introduces him to Danny. Sandy goes, how you doing? I'm Sandy. And Danny goes, why don't you take a shower? And Sandy's like, hmm? And Danny's like, just kidding. I like you dirty. And then Sandy (laughs) gives Seth a look. And Seth's just like, I don't know. I don't fucking know, man. (laughs) And then they have a sidebar in the kitchen. And Sandy just goes, man, that kid is not funny. And Seth's like, thank you. Again, like, like Luke and Ryan, Sandy and Seth are having this moment where they're just like, (laughs) Somebody gets me. 
<laughs> this is perfect. Holy shit. The the all the beats are happening like parallel with each other. This is cool. So so Sandy's like, he makes Ryan look funny. And so it's like, he makes Marissa look funny. <laughs> and then Sandy goes, Gentiles, I love your mother mother more than anything in this world, but not funny. He goes, Get yourself some funnier friends. <laughs> then he leaves. Because sometimes you gotta be a dad to your son. To your own son. <laughs> Get some funnier friends. Is some, really that's my funny. advice for this. This conversation is my, my advice as your father. Get some funnier friends. All Get right, I'm out of here. <laughs> some, some Jewish funny friends. I mean, he, he's got a point. Like... <laughs> like Seth, is, Seth and Sandy are the only funny people in the show. Julie has the occasional chuckle mm-hmm. that, she, that she makes. And Kirsten's had some moments, but it's like oh, you're not getting that with Danny. Funny. You're not getting that with Danny. <laughs> um. So then we go back to the game room, and Danny kind of breaks his normal shtick, and he confides in Seth for a moment. Seth brings back two. Not two liter Mountain Dews, <laughs> but they're like big Mountain Dews. Like one liters, one point five liters. <laughs> <laughs> like those tall, thin ones. They're like like a Pringles can. It's weird. It was I don't know. I, I don't I, I don't understand how how people. I guess like yeah, you're in high school. You drink soda like it's nothing. But oh, I can't do that now. Anyway. Mm. So Danny, Danny kind of like gets real for a second with Seth. He, he asks Seth if he could be less funny around Summer because Summer thinks that Seth and some guy named Captain Oates, I'm like, really? That's a plastic horse, are the funniest <laughs> dudes ever. And Danny's struggling to hang in there. He's like, I don't know what to do. Like, she thinks you're so funny. And Seth's like completely shocked by this. Um, but he sees an opportunity. <laughs> he says, Danny. I got some advice for you. I think you go a little bigger with your comedy. <laughs> right now, you're kind of low key. You're under the radar. You need to go really big with it. And Danny's like, "Bigger? Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good okay. advice." I'm like, "Uh oh, what? What? It's, it's, it's. I feel like he's just gonna come in with like a gun and start firing it into the ceiling or something. Like, what he does is." Not great. It's not uh, great. So, you're, it's terrible, actually. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we go to Dr. Kim's office, right? Dr. Kim invites Marissa in, says that she wants to talk about, quote, a transfer student with whom she has a relationship and might be unstable. And Marissa's like, I know all about Oliver's history. Trust me, it's nothing to worry about. And Dr. Kim says, it's not Oliver I'm talking about. McTwist. She's talking oh. about Ryan. Yeah. They've switched. They switched. What if they just switched? Oh, no. And Oliver started living <laughs> in the pool house. Yep. And we just follow Oliver for the rest of this day. And Ryan's like locked away somewhere in a penthouse. In some, like, no, no. And like, <laughs> he. This this is a probably a bad suspense thriller movie already, but like <laughs> he ends up in like a straight jacket and mm-hmm. he's like, No, he's me. He's being <laughs> me. And everyone's like, That poor guy. Yeah. He's lost it. He's 
completely just going to lock him away for the rest of his life because there's no hope for that one. <laughs> uh, so then we go to detention. Five o'clock hits. Detention lets out. And you're right. The detention room is gorgeous. Hey, Mitchell, it's five o'clock somewhere. Detention. Detention. That's where it's five o'clock. <laughs> I had to note that the only other kids in detention are people of color. Yes. Oh. And I'm like, <laughs> the what the fuck, Schwartz? <laughs> like, not cool. Oh. You're not you're not making a commentary anymore. You're just you're just being racist now. Mm. Um so Ryan leaves detention. Marissa's waiting for him in the hall because Dr. Kim ratted Ryan out. <laughs> Fucking Dr. Kim. Uh, harsh in his game. She doesn't get it. Oliver's dangerous. So Marissa confronts Ryan about why he's in detention and he lies and he says he like failed an exam or whatever. And she calls his bluff. She says, nope, Dr. Kim snitched on you and I know why you're in detention. And so Ryan just like confesses. He's like, I don't trust Oliver. Like he has a history of stalking girls. And Marissa's like, we're just friends. Uh." And Ryan's like, then what's this? And he pulls out the letter. He didn't put it back. He kept the letter. Why didn't he put it back in the locker when he went to the locker to put it back? Oliver walked away. Luke walked away. It was just Ryan. He could have just pop it back in the locker. He's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to hang on to this. What are you doing, Ryan? What the fuck, man? You were, you were, you were in the clear. I guess he wanted, I guess maybe he wanted to confront Marissa about it. He wanted to be like, what is this? I don't know. But because that's what he's doing right now. We, she kind of put him in a corner, but he pulls out the letter. Marissa's like, you stole that from my locker? And Ryan's like, well, yeah, but obviously he loves you. Like, he says he can't live without you, all this stuff. And Marissa's like, that's a letter he wrote to Natalie. He wants to get back together with her, and he wanted me to read it first. And Ryan's like, fuck. <laughs> what if I wish... <laughs> I wish that they had showed it and the first line did say, Dear Natalie. And he's like, I didn't read I didn't read the top line. Oh, I just saw love and hearts and I like went into a rage. Yeah, I was like, who, who doesn't address letters? I guess I guess people do that when they pass letters in high school, but like I felt like that was kind of standard practice to address to whom the letter is for. Am I am I crazy? Yeah, to whom it may concern? No, yeah, it would say <laughs> right. Natalie. <laughs> yeah, you would think. Yeah, I guess it did but, it though. I, I mean, Ryan's very thorough. Whenever yeah, he, he read that shit multiple times. It probably just started right in with the "I can't live without you" shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was quoting it so. He knew it by heart. Um, So Marissa straight up breaks up with Ryan Atwood at this moment. Because. And you know. Yeah. Go. In this moment, I think. Eh, it's okay. Dude, me too. I'm like, Ryan. (laughs) Ryan. She ain't worth it. You're going to be sad for a while, but. 
It'll be fine. Let them be. Let them do their thing. I'm like, why do you even want to be with her anymore? You never see her. She's always spending time with Oliver. Like, and that's just driving you crazy. Like, what are you doing, man? Let her go. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay, bud. You have not you've not had a good time with her in I don't know how time works on the OC, but I'm gonna say weeks. She's not a fun person. Uh no, but she might also, be a- but Ryan I don't think Ryan looks at it as fun. Like he looks at it as like I have a duty to protect her. Yeah. And keep her safe. That's true. That's true. They're both like kind of joyless people. <laughs> And also, he's like, also, I like making out with her. I mean, yeah. Hooking up in the pool house. So that's, that's a plus for sure. Um, but yeah, she breaks up with him, walks out. Ryan is, she says she can't trust him anymore. Ryan is like all alone in this dramatically lit school hallway. Like it when, is very dark. It's like when they turn off like 75% of the lights or something, you know, save power. I don't know. Also, it it looks like it's nighttime, but we know it's like 515. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's no, no sunlight anywhere. <laughs> Unless they specifically like black out all the windows in like the detention uh corner well they did of, have those of the school those big ass curtains drawn you remember those in the detention yes, room those beautiful curtains gorgeous curtains it was like the curtain <laughs> dividers that they have in like fancy hotel like ballrooms mm-hmm. you know um maybe they keep detention in the basement or something though. i don't know because yeah you're right it was like unnaturally dark so yeah bummer for ryan he just got dumped and he's like got he's got nothing now like he's he's helpless so next morning we're in the cohen's kitchen sandy's drinking coffee contemplating kirsten enters sandy tells her that he's supposed to sign the title for the lighthouse today but jimmy backed out and kirsten says like oh maybe you could partner with julie she totally biffed it on the interior decorator gig uh we didn't have enough time to pull it together, so we just kind of like did what we could with it, and that's that. And then Seth enters wearing the only word I could think of was a very inappropriate scarf. Like it just like <laughs> had no business being around his neck. Like why? It is. Why? <laughs> I kind of feel that way when people wear scarves and they don't have a, also have a coat on, like in general. Yeah. It's like... It goes coat I've then seen, scarf always. Yeah, it's and it's like it's not even like a like a thin kind of like it could pass as like something like a like a handkerchief or something. Fashion like, scarf. It's a legit like yeah. woven scarf. It's so bulky. It's a, and it's, yeah, it is made for like, keeping to the, the neck point warm. where. Yeah, to the point where Sandy should have been like, "Oh, hey, so what the fuck are you wearing?" <laughs> I know. You Nobody froze. mentioned it. They're just like, that's Seth. So, inappropriate scarfs aside, um, 
the whole family's in there. Ryan enters from the pool house. He's like wearing like a like a black sweater. He's like all like dejected and bumped out. And no no scarf. No scarf, thankfully. <laughs> um Seth's so like Hey, Ryan, could you let Marissa know I might not ride with you guys because Anna and I are going in early today or whatever? And then Ryan's just like, Marissa's not picking me up. And he kind of like sulks away. And then Seth kind of gives a knowing look like, I know Uh, why she's not picking you up because of the letter and you blew it and you blew it. Um, So then we cut over to Kirsten's office and Julie is panicking about what Caleb is going to think about her shoddy interior decorating job. Caleb walks in and he is pleased as punch. (laughs) He's really into the whole minimal decor. Let the architecture and the views speak for themselves. He says, uh, he says, "Our, our Julie knocked it out of the park with her first try. Yep. She's like the like the Tony Romo of interior design. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> I'm surprised he knows another sport besides football. It seems he was <laughs> to make a baseball reference no, just seems out of character. He, he only watches football, but he assumes that Tony Romo plays every sport and is great at all of them. He's the MVP. He's the MVP of every sport. <laughs> Football, where he scores touchdowns. Baseball, where he hits home runs out of the park. Basketball, where he slam dunks. He makes the slam dunks. (laughs) So um, he says that Julie is hired as their new decorator. And Kirsten and Julie are both shocked in very different ways. (laughs) Um, So on his way out, here we go. On his way out, Caleb points to the ugly the bird bath. And uh and he and he's that Julie left in there and he's and he expresses his disappointment in Kirsten for having such an ugly <laughs> bird bath in her office. I'm like, oh boy, she can't catch a break with this guy. Oh yeah, yeah. So that, and then and then Kirsten goes, I get no respect. Hey, <laughs> Poor Kiki. Don't try to be funny, though. <laughs> no. uh, so then we cut over to the harbor hallways, and Seth approaches Summer, who we haven't really seen a ton of in this episode. It's just before you uh, talk about this scene, yeah. um, I really liked this scene. Aside from I the little too. Danny bit, well, yeah. um, I really enjoyed this, because we know that what the future holds for these two. And so this mm-hmm. was just like a, oh yeah. Cause you kind of have forgotten because you know, Seth and Anna have been together, but it's just like, oh no. Yeah, this is great. You too. Well, this, yeah, this episode does a lot for, um, getting you off the Anna train and onto the summer train. Right. Cause even Seth was kind of like, like we're so similar and it's boring and we're predictable and, like Anna's not she's not doing anything wrong. She's no. not like pulling a Ryan here and <laughs> breaking into Seth's locker or anything. But it just seems as though maybe it's run its course, like him and Anna. 
Uh, also, uh, yeah, little Damien Rice in the I background. I mean, that is always going to like uh, uh, help a character. <laughs> Like it seemed like they belong with somebody. This song, uh, yeah. So you you uh, you you keep going, and I'll just sing this in the background. Oh, good. So yes. Uh, so. <laughs> and so, so it is. Seth approaches Summer. Like you said, she says she's done with Danny. You know. He was really funny, right? But now he's just he's too big. The time, and then we see Danny <laughs> simulate raping his fellow classmate. Oh. No, keep singing, keep singing Damien Rice. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm singing the right Damien Rice song. And now, well, at this point, I'm like, I don't know if the bigness or the quote unquote humor of Danny was the problem. Now I'm like, oh, this kid is just like wildly inappropriate, like. Just, mm. Just has no social barometer at all. Just will do literally anything for a laugh. And I'm like, what the fuck, Danny? <laughs> but don't worry, guys. We never see him again. He's Our last gone. image of Danny is him humping a fellow student. <laughs> he humps him off into the sunset. And then... <laughs> and then we never see him again. Yeah, it's fucked and up. So and I know. Just like you said it would be. So then Anna enters, and she's wearing the same inappropriate scarf as Seth. The exact same. The exact same scarf. And it also doesn't match her outfit at all. Like, doesn't do anything. Anyway. No, because they live in Southern California. They don't need scarves. Yeah, quit trying to fool us into thinking you live in Chicago. You don't know what weather is. (laughs) So she takes her scarf off as they both seem kind of freaked out because they're the same person. Um, Anna exits. Cue. Now you can cue Cannonball by Damien <laughs> Rice. Well, now it starts kind oh, yeah, of it's fading cannonball. in. Yeah. And it's it's a perfect choice. Like it is such a good song. S- I haven't listened to Damien Rice maybe since high school. Words. But. Yeah, it, the song's gorgeous. It reminded me so much of high school because that's yeah. when that's when we listened to Damien Rice. Right. And, yeah. Uh, to be clear, he is incredibly good and talented and like an amazing singer. But um, we don't. You don't really need to listen to him, like unless you want to be sad. Like, I don't he's know. A yeah, good, I might put on a Damien Rice record tonight. Like, yeah, drink a glass of wine. Light some candles. Yeah, it's just Love like gorgeous, me emotive acoustic music. It's good. Yeah. Um. Keep singing it. Here we go. So Summer's feeling dejected. Still a little bit of your voice. She's alone. In my eyes. Seth says. A little closer. Hey. I taped the I'll Daily Show. Maybe going on. come over and watch. I it. can't hear what you're saying when I'm also talking. It's like cutting it's in cutting and me out. out. It's okay. I'm just I'm walking through the scene. Yeah, uh, Seth's like I TV'd the Daily Show. Hey, John Stewart's no Leno, but um, you know, thank God for that. <laughs> and uh, Seth exits, and Summer looks back at him kind of longingly, and I'm thinking, <sighs> wow, maybe they should get together. <laughs> 
It's it's very similar to to Julie, how I was saying earlier. It's like there's something about like Marissa is always sad and like always is in need of of some kind of help. Yeah. So you're just like used to it. But similar to like Julie always being kind of like strong and feisty and, and like that's how summer is. And mm-hmm. so when she is kind of like the like the New Year's Eve party, like yeah. you, you feel sad for her there. But it's like when she does come off vulnerable, it's like it, it's amplified. You're just like, yeah. oh my gosh, poor Summer just wants to find somebody that loves her. Right, it's because it's out of character. It's like you wa- you watch Danny. Every scene Danny's in this episode, he's over the top. He's ostentatious. He's like it's annoying to be frank, yeah. but he's he's going for laughs. Like he's going for laughs. But and you're just like, oh, I'm so done with this guy already. Um, and then and then he shows a little vulnerability. Like he breaks character a little bit with Seth there, and I was just like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that mm-hmm. from Danny. Now, granted, he thinks simulating rape is funny, so fuck him. But <laughs> right, it's also like when whenever Ryan does something funny or like does a impression of somebody or something, you're just like, what? <laughs> like it's the it's the craziest, funniest thing you've seen in the show because you're just like, I would never in a million years expect this character to do that. But yeah, yeah. it's it's a nice like little surprising moment, and yeah, it was a real vulnerable scene for Summer, and it was. It was great. She acted the shit out of it, and like you could like feel the chemistry between her and uh, and Seth. Like it was it was great. Mm-hmm. It's really well done. Um, so then we go outside of Harbor. When and, you float like yeah. a cannonball, cannonball's still going, man. I love it when they go from scene to scene, keep the song rolling. It's like this is it. <laughs> We're kind of wrapping things up. I I like that they keep it going because I like the song. But it doesn't really have the same feeling in this scene as it did in the last one. Yeah, well, I mean, the the feeling that that Summer has at the end of the previous scene and the feeling that Ryan's having in this scene, I think it, it's kind of similar because they're just both like looking at the person that they love from far away and they want to be with, and they can't. Like they they just. They can't, so they're like, I'm floating oh, like a cannonball. Yeah, you're, no, over you're here. totally right. I'm I'm thinking about the um, Sandy at the oh, light. The light. <laughs> what if it was? Yeah, because if it was Damien, that song Ryan. is still playing. It's still yeah, going, and, and it's, it's like, really. I'm just like, it's just these two old white guys like standing talking about signing this the title to their like, restaurant. It's just like I don't know if I could do it, Sandy. He's like. I believe in you, Jimmy. <laughs> sign the fucking paper. Love taught me to lie. Damien Rice comes around the corner in like a cabaret outfit. And he's like, like so come on, courage. We found our, our live music. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything we've ever wanted. No, yeah, this is just a really short kind of little button where, yeah, it's, it's Ryan and he, he looks at Marissa and she's talking with some girl and then yeah. and then she Marissa sees Ryan and she kind of just like ignores him and then she goes over to fucking Oliver who's standing right there and they walk standing off together. Maybe six feet away from her, like yeah. by a tree. Like, now you can talk to your friend, but I'm gonna watch I'm you. I'm gonna watch you I'm right not, here. I'm, where else would I go? <laughs> You're all that matters in the world to me. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, we go over to the lighthouse 
uh, big romantic scene where <laughs> Sandy's <laughs> talking to the owner, or I guess the former owner, and he's trying to buy a little time to see if he can find a partner, and the guy's like, oh, I got other offers and stuff, and then Jimmy Cooper swooping in. It did feel kind of like a, in like a rom-com when... Uh, they're like the the female is like marrying the wrong guy and yeah. like her true love like comes barging in. Yeah. It's like, I object. I'm not too late, am I? <laughs> Which I think is exactly when what you Jimmy says. Like a cannon <laughs> ball. And Sandy goes, I found him. I found my partner. <laughs> <laughs> I found my partner. <laughs> And then they make out. It's yeah, really, it's, it's beautiful. beautiful. Uh, so <laughs> Jimmy's reluctance is predicated on his history of failure, which we find out in this scene, like we talked about earlier. And yeah, yeah he's just got like crazy anxiety about fucking up again. He doesn't want to like ruin his friendship with Sandy. And yeah, I think he did a good job convey that. I like felt for Jimmy in this moment. And Sandy's like, Jimmy, quit worrying. Just sign it. Just sign the title. Let's do this, baby. And Jimmy signs it. And it was like, let's go. Spinoff show. The Lighthouse. Call us, Schwartz. Podcast at gmail.com. Email us, even. We don't have a phone number. (laughs) Um, So then we... (laughs) Send us an email. Or call me on my personal cell phone, 404. (laughs) I'm just... I'm not going to put it out. Nobody listens, but... Anyway, um, so then we now go. Now people know the first. They know your area code. Oh shit! We're in it. They know we're in Atlanta, or at least from Atlanta. But that's all I'm giving you. It's only a only a matter of time before you get a phone call from someone who listens hey, to the podcast. I don't want my own Oliver, you know, stalking me. <laughs> Got to be careful out there. This show has taught These me to days. be, you know, wary of strange boys who have the same schedule as me in school <laughs> uh, so then we cut over to the harbor cafe ryan's like playing pool oliver's there ryan apologizes. ryan's playing ryan playing pool by himself yeah he's like well, i imagine oliver showed up he's like hey man can i play with you and ryan's like no no i'm playing i'm working something <laughs> <out."> <laughs> this is my my pool time yeah, he's just shooting balls, I guess. I don't know. How do you play pool by yourself? But um So Ryan um apologizes to Oliver, says that he was wrong about him. That he's like, I know like you're not in love with Marissa, like you guys are just friends, and then Oliver's like, Well and then his tone totally shifts. And he goes like yeah, full this, villain mode. Yeah, this was like the evil villain revealing his plan. Mm-hmm. like monologuing like it's and granted of course we already know because we've yeah. seen in multiple episodes now right but it is like kind of the first time he like takes the mask off yeah and it's fucking it's pretty it's a pretty good scene it is it's like a real strong way to end this episode where uh he's he looks ryan right in the eye and he tells him that he and Marissa are soulmates and that Ryan and Marissa didn't make any sense. They're from different worlds. And he's just like, just fucking cutting deep into Ryan. 
And he even says a really villain line where he's like, I didn't even have to raise a finger. Yeah. And you're like, that's like, terminology you did it all that for me. fucking villains say. <laughs> for real, dude. And Ryan finally beats the shit out of Oliver. <laughs> mm. He punches him like three or four times and like... Right, and, and like it shows Oliver, and his like mouth is kind of bloody. Yeah, and I'm like, I know Ryan's fists are are harder than that. Like that yeah. dude should have like, he should look way worse. I wanted his face. Remember in Fight Club where like Jared Leto? Oh yeah, gets like the shit kicked out of him, and he just like is like unrecognizable. Like I I didn't want that extreme, but something similar. Like I. I don't know. I've been I've been waiting a long time. This, for this is dude network TV, Jay. We're not gonna in. show fucking somebody's like like face getting smashed in. But you're, I wanted you're right. like his eye to be dangling like out of, <laughs> and it like popped out of its socket, and it's not completely like out, but it's right. just kind of dangling. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that would have been good. <laughs> no, yeah, he does. I mean, he gets some good licks in there, but you're right, like. I, I I don't know, like, but like as soon as he started doing it, though, I wasn't even thinking like, oh, finally retribution. Blah, blah, blah. I was just like, Ryan, no, you're like in the middle of school, and there yeah. are people everywhere, and you're fucking done now, man. Like, he 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 gets him on the ground. He kind of he punches Oliver maybe like three or four times. People come in and pull Ryan off. Marissa jumps in. Ryan is like yelling. Like it isn't even done. He just like gets up and is like, whatever. Like he's like yelling, like stay away from her. Yeah. He's yelling, stay away from her. And Marissa comes to aid Oliver, who's on the ground, bloody mouth. And, and then Ryan kind of like comes out of his blind rage and realizes how badly he fucked up. And he's just like, oh shit. And then it goes to credits, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, that's a that's a like I said, it's the it's the Empire Strikes Back. It's like real ends on a real kind of downer, like hopeless, hopeless feeling at the end of this episode. And then the next episode ends with the Ewoks dancing yes. around the fire. That's the Jedi <laughs> return of the Jedi. Yep. I can't wait for the Ewoks and uh, Sandy Cohen to hang out together. It's the best. You know, a lot of people said uh, they didn't like when the Ewoks showed up in, uh, in the OC, but I liked it. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Some people said it was, it felt out of place, but I was just like, no, it makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like this was, uh, this is the penultimate, excuse me, episode in the Oliver saga. And um, don't worry, guys, one more and we're done. I know we've got some mixed feelings here about Oliver. One camp, you know, you could say he's a good foil, like he's a good villain. And the other camp, you could say, well, he's the absolute worst. And he's just making my life miserable for watching him. Um. Well, at the know. end of at the end of the next episode, we'll come to it. See if we've come to any different conclusion this time. Yeah, I think at the very least, Oliver is 
an interesting character in that you really like it's it's really never clear kind of like um how manipulative he's being like in this episode it was all like ryan undoing his relationship with marissa like it was all it was and he's we find out you know he's not wrong it's it's maybe like um people around him being a little i don't know negligent or um just kind of shrugging off like real warning signs that Marissa might be in danger with Oliver um but it it is interesting like Oliver was right like he didn't have to do anything and Ryan completely sabotaged himself uh what well, he thought he was doing the right thing the whole time but he 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 really blew it in this one but then in other in other episodes, you know, like the previous one where Oliver is doing like very weird manipulative stuff where he's like, you know, uh he's well, he's making up his girlfriend, but he, he like fakes the suicide thing just to get Marissa to come to his aid. I don't know, right. it's like very inconsistent and like unpredictable, but that kind of makes it interesting to watch because you really don't know what's going to happen next with this kid but i think it's almost it's almost there like it's almost and i I think that's part of the reason that we don't like it is that like it's if if they had just changed a few more things or just had like some slightly different and honestly like a different person playing the character like it could have been it could have been something that we really you know enjoyed or really like appreciated whereas like there's just too many like you were saying in- inconsistencies like things that are just kind of frustrating and annoying right yeah like i agree i think if 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 the character were more likable like if if for, you know, I don't know if it's yeah, if it's a different actor or just different writing or what, but they don't really do anything to make this character likable. Like he has, he doesn't really have any redeeming qualities other than, I guess, the fact that he's rich. That's why people like him. I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, he also knows Rooney. He knows Rooney. That's a big plus. He just seems like super clingy and dramatic and like just like yeah there's like nothing fun about him but like i think it would have been so interesting if you made this character like really likable and um you know like because then because then everybody kind of like brushing ryan off makes sense right because they're, mm-hmm. they're just like what are you talking about oliver's awesome it's like nobody's ever nobody's really like oliver's awesome they're just kind of like no, I don't think that he's stalking Marissa. <laughs> just like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's difficult. And also like Marissa's behavior is very like d- incorrigible. Like it is it is very difficult to to deal with because she is she is spending all of her time with this kid, all of her time with Oliver. <gasps> oh. And it and 
like she doesn't even do anything to try and like you know like make amends with Ryan or or any like before they break up or whatever like she's just like of course Ryan's going to be jealous of this guy like you're spending all your time with him you say you're just yeah. friends and you're like okay but even still like I'm your boyfriend <laughs> like I want to hang out with you it's, it's and nuts. like inviting him along to their cooking class isn't the same as the you know the two of them yeah, spending time it's together. always got to be the three of them and it's always Ryan getting invited to stuff that Marissa and Oliver have planned it's always Ryan third wheeling with Marissa and Oliver you know and they have all the these third like third wheel like that episode like that episode maybe Ryan was the third wheel all along um but yeah it's don't worry guys one more and we're done <laughs> and spoiler alert Ryan and Marissa break up so we don't have to deal with that for too much longer either <laughs> yeah but then they kind of get back together, and then they kind of, it's it's a it, it's it, it goes, there's ups and downs. Yeah, it's ups and downs with these two, but it's still young good. love, you know. You know how it is. There's still a lot of really good episodes in this season. Um, some of which are right around the corner. So, uh, yeah. Do we want to? Who's, who's our MVP? Who is our MVP? Let me think. I literally didn't write one because I I don't know. I don't know who my MVP is. I mean, you can always make an argument for Sandy. Here's and I feel like we kind of uh poked some poked at Seth a little bit as I was there, but I did I was that that scene with him in summer uh I I really liked that scene, like way more than I thought I I was going to. For, for whatever reason, it was just maybe because I know, you know, that they fall in love and and get married and live happily. But it was just like this kind of out of nowhere little scene with the two of them that I was like, oh, this yeah. is great. That was a really that was a really good scene. But and yeah. you know what? Maybe you know who gets the MVP this episode. Still a little bit of <laughs> I was thinking, your voice. Let's give it to Damien Rice. Damien Rice. Yep. Congratulations, Damien. <laughs> you sad Irish bastard. <laughs> Love taught me to fly. <laughs> I don't even know what he says there. <laughs> I think that's it's beautiful, though. Did he say, like, stones taught me to fly? It's, the whole thing oh, is, like, right. you float like a cannonball. It's kind of like... You know, it's like it's it's a lot like um, ironic by Alanis Morissette. <laughs> <laughs> Same themes. Uh, yeah, congrats, Damien. Your um, Damien award Rice. is in the mail, although it's international sh- shipping, so it's going to take a little while to get there. Yeah. He's Irish, right? I hope- yeah. Okay, just making sure. Wasn't sure. I don't know if he still lives there. I don't know what his current situation is, but. Write us, Damien. Jane Mitchell's The OC Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for listening. We are entering into a, a hopefully a brighter era of America now. I'm going to see a little, little hopeful um, for the first time in a while. 
about our political situation on a federal level, at least. Although Georgia's flipping blue, man. It was it was insane to see that, to see Biden pull ahead Un- in Georgia. Unbelievable. Yeah. So filled with with happiness to see that. So if you do live in our great state of Georgia, um, please vote in the Senate runoff that's coming up in January. You can request your mail-in ballot. I think you have 10 days to do that from today, which you obviously won't be hearing that because the episode will come out later. But I believe November 18th is the last day to request a mail-in ballot. And please do that because we still are in the middle of a pandemic. And it's going to be a very, very important runoff election. Um, These two Senate seats that we're voting on now will determine who has control of the Senate. And, uh, you know, if, if it's all Democratic, then more policies can get pushed through and we can move a little quicker with change in our country, which we so desperately need. I think, because it's not looking great right now (laughs) in our current state. Uh, I would love to be able to do these face-to-face one day, Jay. And I just don't know when that will be, but I'm more hopeful that it'll be sooner rather than later with with this change that's coming in the government. (laughs) Got a uh, yeah, a lot of lot of work to do, but we're 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 moving in the right direction. Yeah, and um, you know, voting is it's kind of like the the biggest uh, voice that we have in that regard, and um, so make sure that yours is heard and get out there, people. But like, you know, wear a mask and be socially distant. And <laughs> wash your hands. Uh, until next time, my friends, we will O-C-C-A later. This podcast is a Kitty Wing production.